now, introducing the man who, after having part of Glen Arm Road named after him, said, It's time to clean up this joint. Implementing a partial repaving this morning on the one day that I left the house a little later than usual. I know he's just testing my metal. He is. Glenn. Clark. I have a new least favorite football player in the world, but I can't tell you guys about it. It's just, I, I, hope, I hope you understand. There's, there's someone who is a new mortal enemy of mine. Mortal enemy. And I won't discuss it. I'm not going to tell you anything further. But I have a new, I woke up this morning not knowing I was going to have a new mortal enemy today. And I do. And in a way, that's kind of exciting. I have someone to hate. I have someone. You get a lot of hate, like, raged up in your body. You know, you go through a lot of things during the course of the week. Wife and I got into an argument last night. Now I've got somewhere else to channel my hate. I have a new mortal enemy. And I think that you guys would be on board with me. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Eh, it's tough. That's tough. I, I can't about talk about it. I can't talk about it. It's not something I can talk about, but I have a new mortal enemy, and I'm going to enjoy this. There's going to be a relationship between me and this person that will be completely unspoken. No nothing will ever be done about it, but it will fuel me, right? Like when I need to find a burning rage inside me, when I need to get going, Let's just say, for example, that uh, like a neighborhood tough comes up and approaches me on the street this evening, and I've got to get into some sort of a, a fisticuffs situation. I will be fueled by my intense, burning rage towards a certain former professional American football player. And that's kind of neat. I got, it's kind of a neat feeling. Like I, I'm kind of excited about that. I'm going to I'm going to bring it up in in conversation with somebody that wouldn't possibly understand. Like tomorrow when I'm out uh, doing the uh, working at Stevenson, I'm going to be having a conversation with like, "You know who I hate? Blank Blankson." And they'll be like, "Why?" And I'll say, "Because I do." And it'll really fuel me. I want to achieve great things in order to give this person the middle finger. They'll never know. They don't know who I am. They have, it's a very one-sided situation that I have going on in my life. And perhaps I should seek therapy, but I'm going to choose not to. This well will be my therapy. My therapy is my hate. My therapy is a flame that is burning inside of me. Are you sure that that's hate that's burning inside of you? Ah, it might be other things. It might be other things. God, what a weirdo Lil Jordan is, by the way. Can we talk about that? Can we shift from, from one to... Ah, hi, it's Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's, he's Paul. And Lil Jordan's here, too. I, like Lil Jordan, for the last... It's, it's, it's as if we don't believe he's a college student. Like, he's still... <laughs> I don't know. Do you, um, do you have anybody in your, um, your close circle of friends that perpetuate stereotypes... And you almost are convinced they're doing it for that specific reason. Yes. Like, okay, I've got, I, we have a friend and uh, somebody who's been in our fantasy football league for a very long time and he's gay, right? And one year he was like, I'm not going to be able to be there for the fantasy football draft. I'm like, oh, for F's sake, we do this every year at the same time. For God's sake, it's the one time a year we can all get together and be guys, you know, just be some dudes. It's the way it goes. So uh, we're like, well, what the hell? And so the day of the fantasy football draft, he's like, don't worry. This is before Zoom and FaceTime were all that popular. He was like, don't worry. I'll, you know, I'll, 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 be, I'll be involved somehow. I'll, I'll 
Skype in, I think was what the way that the, the, the world worked at the time. And so he Skypes in, and we're like, where are you? And he was like, I'm in Key West. I'm like, bro, we believe you're gay. You don't have to go any further in proving. We know your boyfriend. He's great. We love him. You don't have to run away to Key West and skip the fantasy football draft for us to believe you're gay. Like, we know you are. And we love you. It's cool. We've, in fact, said of all of us, like, we, one time everybody looked around and like, like, who do you think did best with the, their girlfriend or their wives? And we were all like, yeah, we know. We, we know exactly who did. And it's our gay friend because his boyfriend is awesome. Lil Jordan is convinced that we don't believe that he's in college. He's convinced that we don't believe that because he comes in here on Friday mornings with leftover French fries every week at 9.30 a.m., just sitting there eating French fries like he, he was could, a baby bird. He could eat them in the car. He on could the way eat here. them anytime. He could eat them at lunch. French fries. Right. French fries. Most people would associate later in the day. But no, every week at 9.30 a.m., Lil Jordan's got to come in here and eat and cold French fries. <laughs> because he doesn't think that we believe that he goes out drinking on Thursday nights. He doesn't think that we believe that he is a college student that does college student things. Jordan, we believe you. You don't have to prove it. I got all sorts of burning rage inside of me today. <laughs> I got all sorts. But happy Hanukkah, by the way. I, I, I got to admit. Had a, I hope you've had a lovely week. I don't watch a lot of Saints football, and I learned yes, last Lil night Jordan why, you, why you call him Lil Jordan. Did you really Jordan. not know that? I did not know that. Well, I thought you just were calling you. him Lil Jordan because he's a young guy. No, no. I, I, I did not know until I saw Lil, Lil Jordan Humphrey. Caught a touchdown Catch a touchdown. Night. I was like, oh, former, that's why he calls him Former University this. of Texas wide receiver Lil Jordan Humphrey. And yet. Who I, caught a touchdown. I came to that revelation last night and still forgot that he's here on Fridays. I come in, I'm like, who no. the hell's in that chair? Oh, oh it's, yeah, right. it's Jordan. Jordan. It's Jordan's here. Jordan's here, peckishly going after his... He's just like sitting there. like I don't know how to describe it. It was just really a weird... It's such a weird bit, and he does it every week. Every week, he's here with his leftover French fries. And it's always French fries. It's never something else. He never comes in here and surprises us. What is the story? What, do you go out Thursday night to the... Uh, I don't know. You need a mic screen for your mic. Put a mic screen on your mic, Jordan. Do you go out Thursday night to the French Fry Emporium? The French the French Friteria? Where, where, why is it always French fries? So there's a uh, spot called Curb in Towson. Well, they don't pay anything and, for to us. We don't and, need to promote yeah. them in any way. And so every every night after uh, I go out drinking with my friends... Every we, night. Or, well, every e night. E every, 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 make sure. He doesn't think we believe that he's in college. Yeah. He thinks that we think that he is masquerading, that he's actually a 64-year-old attorney, and he's masquerading as a college intern here. Go ahead. And so we go, and I get the fries because I like the fries there. And sometimes I'll get mozzarella sticks, but I end up eating those first and saving the fries for later because they're very uh, For Friday morning. They're a, they're a hearty, for the a.m. They're a hearty breakfast. They're a hearty breakfast. God bless your willpower. I, I would have, I would smash the mozzarella sticks well, and some, the French fries. Yeah, at get the some same nice time. tater tots every now and then. You can't mix it up a little bit. Get some jalapeno poppers or something. These these French God. fries will blow your mind. I don't think they will. I smell them every Friday morning. Just shoveling French fries down his gullet. So weird. It's so weird. Jordan, do me a favor. Run out in the hallway. There's a um, 
There's an autographed uh, canvas. It's to the left. It's not really in the hallway. Just walk out that door, walk to the left. You'll see it. <sighs> Hi, good morning. It's Glenn Clark Radio. I had some things I needed to get off my chest today. I'd love to tell you the story about the football player that I hate. Hate! But I don't think it would go over so well. I think people would be bothered by it. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose not to do that today. I'm going to choose not to do it. All right. That, th- thank you, Jordan. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right. Uh, coming up on the program today, it is Raven Steelers on Sunday. So we will preview both sides of it. Our buddy Charlie Batch, of course, the postgame show host for the Steelers Radio Network. Former Steelers quarterback. I don't hate him. I should because he came into Baltimore once and beat the Ravens. But because the Ravens went on to win the Super Bowl that year, I, you know, the sting comes off that a little bit. Charlie Batch is going to join us in just a few minutes. Also, uh, Bo Smolka, of course, Pressbox Ravens beat writer, will check in with us a little bit later on. It is a Friday, so we will catch up with our friend, the Senator, Senator Justin Reedy. He will preview college football championship weekend and the college football playoff picture. I saw him go on a bit of a Twitter rant uh, yesterday about all of the various scenarios that could play out this weekend. Um you know, and, and there are, like if Michigan and Cincinnati both lose, like Iowa and Houston clearly can't get into the college football playoff. So it would create an amount of upheaval within the college football landscape. So we'll talk to Senator Reedy about all of that. And also coming up, uh, we are going to go out to, I don't think it's Vegas. I think they're in L.A. for the fight this weekend. Uh, we're going to go out to L.A. and the great Al Bernstein, uh, legendary boxing analyst, is going to check in with us. Showtime pay-per-view Sunday night, by the way. It's not a Saturday night fight. It's a Sunday night fight for Baltimore's own Gervonta Tank Davis as he takes on Isaac Cruz. I believe he's moving back to his normal weight class, if I remember correctly. I think this is a, or at least a lightweight fight instead of the super lightweight fight that he had earlier in the year. Uh, but we'll talk to uh, Al Bernstein before Javante Davis gets back in the ring on Sunday. So that's all coming up this morning here on GCR. Today's show is also brought to you by Window Nation. Final month. You know, we've been talking about some of the amazing deals that Window Nation has been offering you. And now you're dealing with cold weather and rising energy prices and... You know, it's just kind of a what it is situation, but they're helping you for December only get 50% off all style windows and a house of windows for only $99 a month. 86690Nation or windownation.com to take advantage of those tremendous offers. I uh, spent my afternoon yesterday wandering around town. As uh, we got the bulk, not all of them just yet, but got the bulk of our drop-off boxes set up for our annual coat and clothes drive for Helping Up Mission. I can tell you as of this moment, as of today, there are drop-off boxes at Jerry's Toyota and Jerry's Chevrolet, both in Baltimore County. Uh, Most of them are in Baltimore County. Let's just be honest about that. That's my kind of base area. Um, Both Jerry's Toyota and Jerry's Chevrolet have drop-off boxes, as does Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square over not the one in the White Marsh Mall, the one near the White Marsh Mall in that shopping center where the Best Buy and the Target and all of those things are. The Nottingham Square Shopping Center, Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, has a drop-off box. 
Um, uh, Glory Days Grill in Towson has a drop-off box. You know how much I love Glory Days Grill. You should wander over there. Get yourself a short rib grilled cheese sandwich. Ooh, that sounds so good. I might have to get one for lunch. Yeah, today. that sounds so good. Also, they, of course, have uh, six ninety nine burgers on Mondays, five ninety nine chili nachos on Thursdays. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website for you to find out more. But more importantly, Glory Days Grill in Towson is where you can go to drop off your coats and clothes for helping up mission. And then I got two up in uh, Hartford County, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, uh, which is, I've told you before, that is legitimately straight shoot, the place where I take my vehicle whenever I need any work done. Whenever anything's wrong, I go to Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. So if you're in the Falston area, if you're even in the northern Baltimore County area, like I am, if you're out in Moncton or if you're out in Jacksonville or Phoenix or any of those areas, very conveniently located, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Duffy'sGarageMD.com if you need to find out more. But they also have a drop-off box there, as does Uptown Cheapskate in Bel Air. I think technically that's actually like Abingdon, right? Like we, Everybody in there calls it Bel Air. But it's right off 95. It's right in the the uh, the Wegman's shopping center, if you will. It's right across the street from Paul. You can stop in. You can say hello to him. You can go have yourself a beverage. But the Uptown Cheapskate in Bel Air, my man Patrick Davis has always been a huge supporter of everything that we do for the coat drive every year. And um, we got a box there as well. So those are the first six. I got a few more going out today. More details are going to be available uh, in full at glennclarkradio.com. But this is all quite relevant because we are we we collected all that. Thank you all for donating your money. Meant the meant the world to me. Donated, raised two thousand dollars. Drew and I are going out and uh, purchasing items for the folks at Helping Up Mission. Grateful that you all did that. It, it's incredible. We drew our winners. We announced the winners. And if you didn't win, I'm sorry, but. You got another chance because anyone who drops off coats or clothes at any of our drop-off boxes, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a picture. Just drop it in, take a picture, say, here's my donation. Tweet me at Glenn Clark Radio. And when you do, you're going to be registered to win this right here. This, Paul, make sure this looks good on the uh, camera. This is an autographed J.K. Dobbins canvas courtesy of our friends at Great Eights Memorabilia. Somebody who donates coats or clothes and just takes a picture, says, here's me dropping off my coats, here's me dropping off my clothes. 16 by 20, as you could tell. It's a legitimate, this is a lovely canvas. Somebody is going to win that. All you got to do is tweet me at Glenn Clark Radio with a picture of you dropping off your donation at any of our drop-off boxes, the six that I already told you about, and there will be more. I think I have three more going out that should be out. If not today, definitely by this weekend because we're, we're right up against it. As I said before, we've literally got three days left for collecting coats and clothes. So I'm, I'm asking you, I'm begging you to get yours out there to any of our drop-off boxes, and we will be announcing at least one event if you bring them to me, say, next Tuesday when we're at the Bowman Restaurant on Hartford Road in Parkville for the Tyus Bowser Show, that'll be good. I will get you registered to win. That's another way that you can go about doing it. This Tuesday night, bring me coats, bring me clothes when we're at uh, the Bowman. That one will work as well. Anyone And anybody who's already gotten them to me in some capacity, either at a previous Tyus Bowser Show or you're like Bill Stecka and you dropped them off here at the studio – 
anyone who does. I've said before, if you come to the studio here in Hamden, I'll give you a $25 gift card to Glory Days Grill. But on top of that, I will also register to you to win this J.K. Dobbins autographed canvas from Great Eights Memorabilia. Any way that you get them to me, and we'll be doing at least one collection event still before we take everything down to Helping Up Mission. We need coats, we need clothes, we need jackets, we need sweatshirts, we need everything for men, women, and kids. And you know the deal. You know the difference between something that should be donated and something that should go in the trash. You're very smart people. Well, some of you are anyway. Even if you spend your Friday mornings guzzling down French fries that were left over from last night, you know the difference in what it is that we need to help Helping Up Mission. So please help us help Helping Up right now. Jerry's Toyota, Jerry's Chevrolet, Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, Glory Days Grill in Towson, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, and Uptown Cheapskate in Bel Air all have drop-off boxes. And it is my promise that there will be more out today around town for you to drop off your coats and clothes to help us help Helping Up Mission. Thank you in advance. And again, just tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio when you drop them off, and you will be registered to win this beautiful autographed J.K. Dobbins canvas, courtesy of Great Eights Memorabilia. My mom says old people don't tweet. Um, so how how can she be in the running to well, win it? I mean, she. I, I happen to know that she made a donation, so that's fine. She will be registered. If 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 tweeting is a step too far, email me. Email me, Glenn at PressBoxOnline.com, GlennClarkRadioGmail.com. There's plenty of ways to let me know. There's The entire internet exists. There's a million ways. If you can't tweet, there's a million ways to let me know that you made a donation. Uh, take a picture of you dropping off your coats and clothes. Um, there could not be more options. Tweeting tends to be the most simple, but yes, if uh, if it's if you don't have the Twitter, if um, if you've decided to get off the Twitter for whatever reason in recent years, and that's I can't blame you for that. That's uh, probably a decision that many more of us should make then uh, you can go any any way you want about uh, getting in touch with me to let me know that you made your donation. All right, Groovy, thank you all in advance, and thank you for everything uh, that you have already done in, for, in terms of uh, collecting coats and clothes. It means the world to us. Charlie Batch is going to join us here in just a minute. Um, nothing, I don't really have anything that's, that's bugging me. The football game last night was brutal. I mean, it was... It, it was I guess if you're a Cowboys fan, you're probably happy with the way your defense played, but you were facing Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill stinks. He got I mean, me 25 points in fantasy. It is it is remarkable. It is unbelievable to me that someone can be that bad and still. It's just sort of the nature of fantasy football, right? He ran for 100 yards, so I get it. And you know, he technically threw for two touchdowns because Deontay Harris took a a little screen pass over the middle and ran 70 yards in the fourth quarter when the game was no longer in doubt. Um, but on the whole, he was awful. Of course, so was Lamar Jackson last Sunday, but the Ravens won that game while the, the Saints did not win last night. I mean, the, the Taysom Hill bit is a comical bit that, like, Sean Payton's done and no one else has thought made any sense in the world, and all they do is just keep giving the guy money despite the fact that he is clearly not a National Football League quarterback. I thought it was more interesting. It's going to dovetail into our conversation with Charlie Batch. Like, when we were talking about uh, this yesterday with Clark Judge and what might be coming for the Steelers and their quarterback situation it is pretty damning that the Saints didn't have a plan. That the Saints just sort of said, well, our, our defense is good enough. We can figure it out. No, you can't. This is the NFL. You got to have a quarterback. And I get it. Like, you, 
They don't just grow on. You don't just go walk out and say, "Here's our quarterback." But to build a roster the way the Saints had gone all in in recent years and manipulated the cap in order to try to build a winner and to have no plan for what you were doing when Drew Brees was going to retire. I mean, Drew Brees was struggling to throw the ball downfield in recent years. He had to retire. It's pretty alarming that a franchise that has been as good as the Saints have been had no plan and just stuck these guys out there and hoped for the best. Um, And maybe they'd be somewhat better if Jameis Winston was still healthy, but there's a limit to that, right? We've seen the limit to what Jameis Winston could do. Taysom Hill, it's befuddling that this is still a thought, that this is still, let's go out and try it. And at some point, you're just better off doing the Tebow bit and just run on every play. Like, why are you having him throw the football? The dude clearly cannot throw the ball downfield. It's, he's he's worse than Peyton Manning in his worst year throwing the ball downfield. Raven Steelers coming up this Sunday out in Pittsburgh, first of two between the two teams uh, this season. Our next guest is one of our friends, and he has been for some time, despite the fact that he once waltzed into Baltimore and beat the Ravens, but we've forgiven him for it over the years because they ended up winning the Super Bowl that season. He is a former Steelers quarterback and now part of their radio network. He is our friend Charlie Batch, and he's with us again here on GCR. Charlie, it's uh, Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's always good to chat with you, my friend. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. No problem. Good morning. Thanks for having me, fellas. Always good talking to you. It is great to chat with you, sir. And obviously, it's weird that we uh, we are this deep into the season without the Ravens and Steelers having played yet. But um, you know, it, it sets up really interesting in that it's it's a Steelers team that I think a lot of people around the country are down on at the moment. But I think here in Baltimore, we know better. We know better than to think that this is just going to be easy for the Ravens to walk in and beat the Steelers on Sunday. And that's that's how everything is trending for sure. I don't. There won't be few, uh, many media members picking the Steelers this week, unfortunately. But there are a lot of issues that they're having, mainly on the defense side of the ball. It started earlier in the year when they didn't have Stephon to it with their second-best defense alignment on this team. They lost Tyson Alualu, and then you could just see the diminish of the running game happening over the last couple of weeks. And it's just frustrating because not many people are used to seeing defensively ranks the numbers that they are right now, this is kind of uncharacteristic for this team. So let's let's start with the defense, right? Like, what what has gone wrong? What what has happened this season that it hasn't been the dominant unit that maybe was expected of them? Well, they're struggling at the inside linebacker position, but that you know counters in the fact that you lost the, the loss of Tyson Alualo. They don't have quality depth on the defensive side on the defensive line. Outside of Cam Hayward, man, there you know there's a challenge that's happening. Everybody know what T.J. Watt can do, but if you have T.J. on one side and Cam on the other, now you're just kind of picking your poison as far as how you're looking to go. You add and that on top of the fact it doesn't look like Joe Hayden, their top corner, will be playing this week. So, man, that's a that's a triple combination right there that you don't want to have. By the way, Joe Hayden definitely one of those guys. Where you're like, how is he still in the NFL and how is he still playing this well? Like, isn't he 50 years old at this point? It's remarkable. It seems like it, and he's still playing at a Pro Bowl level. Unfortunately, when he went down with a foot injury a couple weeks ago, they kept saying it was day-to-day, and I'm like, there's no way that that's day-to-day. That's, I mean, this cornerback uses his feet and quickness and all of those type of things, so I, I fully expected him to miss a couple weeks, and here he is now missing his third week. Uh, let's talk about the situation with Ben Roethlisberger. we got to have the conversation. It, it, you know, There have been moments, right, where I think a lot of people bring up the Chargers game where in, in, in doses, he looked like Ben Roethlisberger, right? He, he looked like a guy that could, could do some things. And then 
you see that throw that was intercepted by Mike Hilton last week, and that's it's one of the worst throws I've seen a quarterback make in in years. Um, what is it? It can there be enough? Can can the Steelers get enough from Ben Roethlisberger the rest of the way in order to to do what they need to do to have a chance at making a run? Or it, it, like at some point, does it almost have to be accepted? We can't ask this quarterback to do too much at this point in his career. Well, a lot of it comes down to the fact that you, he doesn't have a defense that he believes that can go out there and give him the ball back. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now they're not they're ranked very low as it relates to turnover, uh, turnovers on the defensive side of the ball. They're not creating them. So now he, if he, he doesn't go out and actually score on every single drive, this team doesn't have a chance. And unfortunately, yes, we did see that fourth quarter spark again uh, that the offense was able to put together, but that was a help from the defense and also special teams yep. to give him a short field to do that. You mentioned that Mike Hilton interception. Yes, it was a bad interception, but he did get his arm hit. And unfortunately, even if he didn't, Mike Hilton was going to break underneath that route because people forget that Mike Hilton was a former Steeler. He saw that route many, many times over, and he was jumping that play, and kudos to him for making that play. I mean, it was it was. I, I don't know if that ball would have come down yet. It was hanging up there for so long, Charlie. Batch. <laughs> he would have had to. He would truly would have had to miss outside. Either it was going to be incomplete, yeah. way outside. If not, worst case scenario, you're going. We, we we were going to see the result that we saw. Charlie Badge is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio as we're getting ready for Ravens Steelers. Charlie, you know it's it's awkward. We've been talking almost all season about how there's maybe an assumption. You know, we've we've seen great players, you know, come and go in this rivalry over the years, right? Jerome Bettis, Heinz Ward, Troy Polamalu on that side, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Terrell Suggs on this side, and Ben Roethlisberger. It looks like this is the next great player that will depart this rivalry. Uh, is that is that a certainty at this point in Pittsburgh? Like, is it a certainty that this really is? the end or is there still a world in which Ben Roethlisberger says look man I don't want to be done playing football yet and and the Steelers organization feels you know some amount of of loyalty or as if they owe it to Ben Roethlisberger to let him play for as long as he wants to well there's always going to be loyalty based off what that player has done for the organization but also, there are every player goes to this stage, and you never, you always think you can play one more year. I've never seen a player to say, "I knew kind of this was over." You get a sense from a contractual standpoint how your body's feeling, and then ultimately trying to make that decision before the team makes that decision. But every organization goes through this at some point with their star players, their Hall of Fame players. I don't necessarily know where this, where is this going to go outside of the fact of him hoisting that Lombardi trophy, I think that's the only way he comes back. I think outside of that, I think there's going to be tough decisions to be made this offseason. Do, do they have internally like a, a plan? Is that, you know, like, do, do they have a thought about where they're – are they the team that says, look, man, we look at our roster. we got to win. Do, do they get involved with Russell Wilson in the offseason and trying to get him in here? Or, or are they committed to we need to draft our next Ben Roethlisberger? Well, it's easy to throw those names out there as everybody was talking about Aaron Rodgers, Russell, Russell Wilson. Unfortunately, they're not one player away from going to the Super Bowl. So if you give up all of those draft picks, what's it to do to the rest of your roster? Mm-hmm. So that's why I just don't see them going that direction. They do feel very confident in Mason Rudolph. I'm not sure why, but they do. <laughs> but but unfortunately, you know, and they, they extended him this offseason. They gave him a one-year contract extension. They didn't have to do that. So they did definitely have a quarterback on a roster at a $3 million number next year. And then in hopes of figuring out what how everything else lies. 
But I truly, I truly feel that this offseason, if, if for whatever reason this season doesn't go the way that they anticipated and they're sitting there with a the top 15 pick, maybe a top 10, then that conversation is really going to take them back to 2004 when they're saying, hmm, we don't anticipate being this high in the draft. Here's a quarterback, and this can set our franchise up over the next 10 years. So that's why I say all of these conversations are, are comes to play and comes to fruition as it relates to this offseason. All right, as far as Sunday is concerned and and where what could be dangerous for the Ravens, the, the thing that I think jumps off the page is um, the run game. And the Ravens were better uh, against the run game a week ago after they got Brandon Williams back on the field. It's interesting you brought up the value of Tyson Alualu. We saw that here in Baltimore where – the Ravens were far more susceptible against the run when they didn't have Brandon Williams than when they got him back, and they absolutely shut down Nick Chubb. But I, I would imagine in Pittsburgh, everybody's got to be kind of over the moon about Najee Harris, and there is a belief that that guy you know, could truly be special. And I would think that if there's a blueprint to what the Steelers are looking to do against the Ravens on Sunday, it probably involves a fairly heavy dose of him, correct? Oh, absolutely. This offense runs through Najee, and, and Baltimore knows that. They're going to stack up the box, and they're going to say, we're not allowing Najee. But at the same time, that offensive line for the Steelers aren't pushing anybody around anyway. So they're not fearing it from that perspective. In both sides of the line of scrimmage, on the offense and defense, they're not controlling it. So from with all of that being said, if you shut down the running game, which I anticipate Baltimore doing, now it's a matter of what do they do on the outside to make sure that they're creating one-on-one matchups or – you know, they're going to put the Steelers in third and long and now come up with them, those exotic blitzes like they like to do on third downs. So all of it's on the table, but it would start there for for sure, eliminating or minimizing Harris at this point. What else has to go right? It's interesting to me, Charlie, that like, it, it, and it's more circumstantial than anything else because he hasn't played in a few of them, but Lamar Jackson, for as great as he's been, he's not had a good game against the Steelers yet in his career, right? So... I don't know how confident the the Ravens can be going into this, but what are the other things from the Steelers' perspective that you think need to go right on Sunday for them to be able to beat the Ravens? Well, they have to get after the quarterback, and unfortunately they weren't able to do that with their defensive front. It doesn't look like T.J. Watt is going to play this week, so now that eliminates their best pass rusher. So it's going to be interesting to see how defensive coordinator Keith Butler now schemes up things because his team hasn't blitzed a lot, but do will they do that this week against Lamar Jackson? Maybe create some situations there with the blitz, forcing some errant passes. The only way that I don't expect him to throw four interceptions again, but being that he put it on film, they're going yeah. to look at it and say, man, sure. if he can turn around and throw that ball around, throw that uh, interception and create it and possibly get a defensive turnover, that's how I think that Baltimore loses this game. Well, to your point, like the Ravens offensive line has struggled mightily. The The Dolphins started this by going with that, that zero coverage look that, that really frustrated Lamar Jackson. And again, a week ago, not only the four interceptions, there were times where he was just sort of tossing the ball up and hoping for the best and happened to get away with it because Mark Andrews came and found the ball, right? Like, there, there is plenty of signs that this offensive line in Baltimore is susceptible to whatever it is that the Steelers can do pass rush-wise. Yeah, and I agree with that. And the Dolphins definitely uh, set the blueprint as it relates to how to beat this Ravens team. But I think ultimately – they have better personnel than what the Steelers do at this point. And when you look at just the secondary standpoint, because the linebackers are struggling there, Mika Fitzpatrick becomes their fifth linebacker. When you now turn only because you play in a safety position and having to make those tackles at 10 yards, that's why I say that fifth linebacker. But when you don't have Joe Hayden, 
You have Cam Sutton on the outside. You have James Pierre. But ultimately, we don't know what's going to happen with Arthur Millette because he showed up on an injury report. So they have challenges within the back end that's a lot different than maybe what the Dolphins have shown uh, the way they get to get after Lamar Jackson. Of course, it goes without saying for the Ravens, they're better off if uh, T.J. Watt remains on the COVID list for this week. And uh, Bob's like, if he's just better off. Like it's uh, you know, we hope the best for them. I want to make that very clear, Charlie. And I, I don't, I'm not wishing ill upon anyone, but just probably better off for the Baltimore Ravens if you don't have to deal with that on Sunday. No, and I absolutely agree. And every team is unfortunately dealing with this situation. And yep. as each team goes through this and they're figuring out how teams are adjusting, just imagine just being, just imagine this being the week of the Super Bowl. And here you are as a star player, and all of a sudden you pop up on the COVID list and there's nothing that you can do about it because you're removed from the game. That is a tough situation. And unfortunately, you have to now possibly control who you're around and minimize yep. some of those things. But either way, we're all dealing with this, and every team is dealing with well, that. If, I were, if we're getting ready for the playoffs at this point, are you guys start encouraging these dudes to completely isolate themselves. Like, just go into, like, a room. Be, be around no one for as long as you possibly can until the Absolutely. playoffs Absolutely, and, and, and the NFL has shown that they don't care who you are, regardless yep. of your position. If you're on that COVID list, you're not playing. That's the reality. That's the reality of the circumstances. Um, hey, Charlie, with that in mind, can I, can I ask, because I, I do want to give you an opportunity to talk about the amazing things that you do, and we always appreciate uh, the work that you, and we are so behind the work that you do. But, you know, I, I, I was going to get into the Antonio Brown situation uh, in the next segment. Obviously, you got to know Antonio in Pittsburgh. What, what do you make? Like, what, what does this look like in a locker room, something like this? How, how will the folks down there react to someone choosing to go this route and trying to circumvent the policy and perhaps putting other guys at risk while not being vaccinated and trying to fake their way through it. Yeah, and that's a tough situation because every coach has spoken open and candidly about this situation, making sure that you don't put others at risk. And unfortunately, when you do, you get hammered in the media the way that it was. Aaron Rodgers was talked about a few weeks ago because of that, that selfishness that he created. And then all of a sudden, now here Antonio is with a fake vaccination card. It doesn't surprise you, but whenever you've seen the baseball player, I think it was uh, maybe a baseball or hockey player that actually was suspended because he had fake vaccination oh, yeah. cards. Yeah. That should have put everybody on notice to say, listen, they're going to find you at some point. And unfortunately, when it happens in this manner and because of the dire states that we are in, yes, it's going to get magnified and whatever consequences happen, they should happen because everybody playing by the same rules at this point. It was a Vander Kane who uh, was suspended 21 games for a fake vaccination card an NHL player for the San Jose Sharks uh, was who that was. Charlie Batch, um, have always appreciated the things that you do for your community and the best of the Batch Foundation. I hear you've got uh, a, a toy drive coming up and you're working on building a clubhouse. Take me through what you guys have going on with the best of the Batch Foundation. Yes, yes. So, so for the last 22 years, we had, we had Best of the Batch Foundation. We're an educational foundation which focuses on reading computer literacy along with our STEAM programs. So over the course of a year, we serve 3,800 kids annually in nine different counties throughout southwestern Pennsylvania. So with that being said, we are actually expanding and we're actually adding on 27,000 square feet to our existing building. So wow. we're super excited about that. Uh, that would now take our numbers to over 6,000 kids annually. So we're, we're excited but yet nervous at the same time. Uh, that will be completed in April of 2022, so we're months away from grand opening happening. So I definitely will invite you all for that. And then, obviously, as we approach the holiday season, we uh, we do our holiday drive. We actually adopt over 160 families this year. Um, and from there, we'll collect 8,000 unwrapped toys. We'll wrap them and actually deliver them. So with all of that being said, we actually will help – 
impact over 700 kids this holiday season. And the more presents we get, the more smiles that we can put on these kids' faces. So we're just trying to do our small part during the holiday season. So if anybody wants to follow what we do, they can go to batchfoundation.org. We have several drop-off locations. If you want to support it, you actually can go on our website. There's click and ship that will come directly to our office. So if you want to be a part of it, by all means, please, thank you. And we we thank you and welcome that. So again, that's batchfoundation.org. Great stuff, man. Uh, Kudos to you. You always do incredible things. That's awesome. Batchfoundation.org. At uh, CharlieBatch16 on Twitter, correct? Yes, sir. That's how you follow him. Charlie Batch, always appreciate you, my friend. Enjoy the game on Sunday. We'll talk again real soon. Have a very happy holiday, and thank you for doing this as always. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Happy holidays, everyone. Look forward to talking to you in a few weeks. Charlie Batch, former Steelers quarterback. Always appreciate him taking the time for us. Now part of the Steelers radio network. and um, You know, it's interesting. I, the more I talk to people, the more I get the sense they don't really know what they're doing in Pittsburgh. And that's the comparison that I'm making to what's happened in New Orleans. That you just sort of get so caught up in the guy that you have and there isn't the forward thought of, hey, we need to, like, there's a limit to this. We have to have a quarterback. This guy can't do it. And, like, you know, we can we can let him play along. But at some point, once upon a time, the Ravens had to awkwardly tell Ed Reed, you're going to have to go somewhere else. And I sat in a room with, um, oh, God, who would have been Dean Pease at the time? Yeah, Dean Pease. And Dean Pease said, look, man, I just want you to watch a couple of things this year. And see what happened. And why why it is that some people were killing Kerry Williams, but Kerry Williams didn't do a damn thing wrong. Ed Reed was the problem. And why we're moving on from Ed Reed. And, you know, it's easier to do that with somebody who isn't a quarterback, right? A quarterback is the centerpiece of an entire city. For, to some extent, right? I'm not trying to... There are definitely people that don't care at all about football in every city. But for the most part, there is no more significant person in any NFL city, with the exception of like you know, L.A., New York, D.C., I guess, um, than the quarterback of the football team. It's just the way it goes in, in the majority of NFL cities. And certainly in a city like Pittsburgh and a city like Baltimore that are very similar. And there's this aura that comes with that that you can't just walk in and say, no, dude, we're telling you, it's over. We're telling you, you want to go try to string it out? I was joking the other day about like Denver's going to end up going to Ben Roethlisberger because they couldn't get to Aaron Rodgers. You want to go out to Denver and let your – that's fine. But we as an organization, we got to have a quarterback. And I'm sorry, it's over. We, anybody with a brain can watch and see this isn't good enough for us to win a Super Bowl any longer. And I don't know if Kenny Pickett is, if that's who the guy, Sam Howell from North Carolina, whoever we would draft, the kid from Nevada that everybody, what's the guy's name, Strong, Carson Strong, is that his name, from Nevada? Um, I don't know if that's who it is, but we got to figure that out. Because it ain't this. And it's not becoming this. Like, more, more t- next year's not going to make it better, it's going to be worse. So we have to tell you openly, it's over. And we've got to have a plan. We can't allow this because we respect you and because we like you we can't allow it and it's very difficult to do with quarterbacks because they've done so much for your organization that you don't feel like you can disrespect them 
Obviously, it paid off for the Ravens a few years ago, but Joe Flacco wasn't Ben Roethlisberger, right? But Joe Flacco wasn't a Hall of Famer. Mm. He was a successful quarterback that had won a Super Bowl. He wasn't a Hall of Famer. And I also will forever not know if it was really over for Joe Flacco at that point or if it was just more about the failures of the Ravens not identifying a wide receiver. But whatever it is, you've got to have a plan. And New Orleans didn't, and it's pretty clear that Pittsburgh doesn't. You know, for them to say, for Charlie to say, hey, look, they really love Mason Rudolph, like, okay, Chief, <laughs> go ahead and love Mason Rudolph. We all see. That ain't the answer either. And it's fascinating to me. Again, it's good news for the Ravens if the Steelers don't solve the quarterback problem. That would be great because this, the Bengals appear to have. And so it looks like there's going to be a problem in this division for years to come because the Bengals look like they have solved their quarterback situation. Now, it's easier Absolutely. to do that when you have a – number one pick and the Steelers aren't going to have that in order to do it um but it would be great news for the Ravens the coming years if the Steelers either continue like I I keep saying there are people in my life that are Steelers fans that have said to me I am fearful that Ben Roethlisberger is going to walk in and say I think I was just good enough this year that you guys should let me play for another year and that the Steelers are going to say sheepishly oh Okay, Ben. Sure, you come come back and play again because we love you and you're Ben Roethlisberger and you're bigger than life here and we don't have the the gumption to stand up and say no. We have to move on. So it's fascinating to me. It's yeah. fascinating to me. I imagine in New Orleans that they had to look at what they had in their quarterback room with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill and that they believed in them enough that they were like, okay, maybe we can take a look and see what we have in these guys so that maybe we don't need to spend a first-round pick on a quarterback. I've never thought that Jameis Winston was worth anything. Taysom Hill, you can see it every time. Well, I mean, Taysom Hill stinks. Jameis Winston's an interest because he has, at least he has the talent mm-hmm. to be able to do it, and everybody's always seen that. There's a reason why Jameis Winston was drafted so high. Right. There was a reason why the talent is there. It's not there. Taysom, it's laughable to talk about Taysom Hill as an NFL quarterback. Right. He does not have the skill set to be an NFL quarterback. He literally can't make the throws. It's, it's not Tim Tebow, but it ain't far off. It's closer to Tim Tebow than it is high-level NFL quarterback. Right. Um, so I I get that part. I at least could understand them saying, we think there is a reclamation with Jameis Winston right. because there's a skill set there. In fact, somebody would compare it to Drew Brees, right? Like, Drew Brees, once upon a time, was a reclamation project. Mm-hmm. As everyone in Baltimore will remember, the Ravens could have been the team to take a chance on Drew Brees. There were plenty of, of, of teams... That had no interest. Miami wanted Dante Culpepper. The Ravens wanted Steve McNair. Drew Brees was available to be had. Anybody could have had him. New Orleans was the one that took the chance and and proved to be a reclamation project as the Chargers moved on to Phillip Rivers. So I could at least understand the argument for Jameis Winston of let's give it a shot, but you have to admit it's a stab in the dark. I mean, like you're you're there's no reason to have any confidence in this. Yeah. And it's more unique to the roster they had built. They had put together using money a roster that was intended to win before Drew Brees retired and you couldn't just change that in one year you needed to have a better answer than let's take a let's take a stab at a reclamation project it's fascinating the situation the Steelers are in Charlie Badge's argument is you're not really one player away from winning a Super Bowl okay I don't know maybe if they had better quarterback play I would probably be fearful of the Pittsburgh Steelers like if the Steelers had a legitimate, if that roster had Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback this season, 
I would absolutely fear the Steelers as a potential Super Bowl contender. You can say that about most teams, though. I think Aaron Rodgers is such a big difference I, maker. Yeah, I don't know about most, but a lot. I think, uh, you, you I know, think he could have the Jags competitive. The, the Jags would not be a Super Bowl contender but with Aaron But they could Aaron be competitive. Could they be competitive? Sure. I think that, insert name here, right? I think that if the Steelers had a, a fringe top 10 quarterback, they would be a threat. If they had Joe Burrow, if they had, you know... Mm. Um, scares the yeah, crap it scares the crap out of you, right? Yeah. So if we, who do we think the top 10 quarterbacks are in the NFL? So Rodgers, obviously, Brady still, Mahomes, Mahomes Lamar, Josh Allen, uh, Joe Burrow is certainly in that conversation at this point. What? Who? Tyler. Who? Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray absolutely is in that point of the conversation. I can't stand Kyler Murray. Justin I, Herbert, you know, bit, like I, the Russell Wilson thing, I don't know. We, we thought he was a top 10 quarterback. You know, if that's ending, he it, it's ending. But I'll still put him in there. Dak Prescott, right? Those right. are your 10 quarterbacks that we all kind of think are the top 10 quarterbacks in football. If you have any of those 10, right, I think that you you would look at the Steelers and say, yeah, that's a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. That's a Super Bowl contender if you've got one of those 10 guys. So I don't know if I agree with that part of it. All right, hour number one of today's show is also brought to you by your Baltimore area Chick-fil-A restaurants. If you're looking for a simple holiday meal, my recommendation would be to try Chick-fil-A catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. We'll come back in. I am going to touch on the Antonio Brown thing. John from Little Rock has uh, asked me to, to do that. I will, I promise. And we'll try to get the young Utes. And then Bo Smolka is going to join us. It's all on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. Cold weather has arrived, and that means one thing, higher energy bills. But the good news is that Window Nation is here to help. For a limited time, get 50% off all style windows, bays, bows, double hung, and sliders, plus a house of windows for only $99 a month. Rising natural gas prices are affecting everyone, but new Window Nation windows can help. Get 50% off any style window and a house of windows for only only $99 a month. Call Window Nation today at 866-90NATION or go online at windownation.com. That's December only. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com I love driving my tractor trailer, and just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you, and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation, State Highway Administration. 
The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Mike Ashley dives in on 20 seasons for Brenda Freeze as the head coach of the Maryland women's basketball team as she looks back but also looks forward. Plus, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from every D1 program in the area. And the very first Baltimore interview with Elijah Green, the son of former Raven Eric Green, who could well be the Orioles' pick with the number one spot in next year's MLB draft. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You've got questions. They've got answers. Sure, I mean, we'll go with that. It's Glenn and Paul on Glenn Clark Radio. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Um, quickly on, on the Antonio Brown thing, it's it's interesting to me. I, I assume this means that this was bargained by the league and the players because they, they came together on this, or they realized they hadn't bargained it, and so they had to hammer this out um, the, in the last week, try to figure out what was appropriate. But the fact that they announced it together was was quite noticeable to me, and I think to a lot of people. But the number is three games. A lot of people are saying that's, that's, that's absurd. That's ridiculous that it was an only a three-game suspension for faking a vaccination card. Um, that doesn't doesn't really detract other guys from doing the same thing, right? If you're a player that's hell-bent on both not getting vaccinated and also not having to do the things that um, unvaccinated players are forced to do, then a three-game penalty is not so overwhelming that, you aren't, that you're completely dissuaded from considering going the same route as Antonio Brown. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. I, I 100% think that it should have been more than three games, but it, I think the problem is that wasn't bargained. And so they had to come up with something they could come up with in order to make it clear that it wasn't going to be acceptable. Um, the bigger issue, and, and this is true, it is, it is a federal crime. I mean, it is a federal crime to fake a vaccination card. That's a fact. Now, are, it, are the feds really going to go out there policing fake vaccination cards? I, I don't think so. I think it's the, the threat more than it is anything else. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are the millions of examples of, of fake vaccination cards that have come with like serious um, ramifications from the feds. But it is a federal crime to, to fake a seal like that is. So, you know, either either you didn't have a seal on your vaccination card or that's a federal crime. Right. Like that's just the way that it goes. Um, as far as, you know, John, your point, uh, you're not wrong. Of course, you're, you're 100 percent right about this. John and Little Rock. Antonio Brown or any other player who commits this cowardly betrayal that is dangerous to everyone involved should be gone for the rest of the season and not permitted at the team facility. Uh, I know Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk reminded everyone that, and by the way, Mike has has certainly leaned into blowhard more and more in recent years, and some of his, his takes are theater of the absurd, but he's right to remind Bruce Arians that Bruce Arians, when he signed Antonio Brown, said he screws up one time, he's gone. Now, of course, Bruce Arians was a liar, right? Bruce Arians never cared about any of that stuff. All he cares about is football, right? Like, he wanted to... And I, I'm i not... I think there are a lot of other guys that are like Bruce Arians. I don't think Bruce Arians is unique in that way. I think there are a lot of coaches that would lie, that would take on players that it's shameful that you would... It's shameful that the Buccaneers ever were involved with Antonio Brown. But they absolutely didn't care about that. They have no... There is no moral compass that exists. We don't care we'll sign anybody to try to go win football games. It's a joke. 
It's it's shameful, and I am grateful that the Baltimore Ravens weren't the team that did it. I don't want my team signing guys that very clearly committed sexual assault. You read those text messages from Antonio Brown. There is no great like the, the burden is overwhelming that he would have to go to prove that that wasn't him in in the court of public opinion. Uh, in a in a in a I don't know what it would look like in a real court, right? And that didn't play out. That's of course the victim's choice of what they want to pursue and I can't speak to that. But for me, the moment I read those text messages, I'm out. No chance. Yeah. No effing yeah. chance. Guy is you know bragging about um uh ejaculating on her back like no, uh-uh. No chance. No effing chance. That guy plays for my football team. I don't need choir boys, but there's got to be a line. And yes, Mike Floyo's right to point that out. It's 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 a joke that Bruce Arians said. You know, he screws up one time and he's out, and now he screwed up. And they're like, well, yeah, but you know, come on, are we gonna hold me against the things I said? No, <laughs> no, I was just joshing, guys. I was just having a larf. Of course, we're not gonna. It's Antonio Brown. You think we're gonna cut him? We're trying to win a Super Bowl. Go f yourselves. Which is, of course, what the Buccaneers are saying, but they can't come out and say that. That's, but that's obviously what they're saying. They never meant that. They never meant if he screwed up one time, they were going to release him. They meant like, well, if, they, if he screws up so much that we have to release him, we'll release him. If he screws up at a level where, you know, we don't have a choice, then we'll release him. They're sort of assuming that you, a lot of you guys don't care. And frankly, a lot of you guys don't care, and that's the shame of it all. A lot of you guys believe that people that are unvaccinated are a persecuted minority, which is comical, which is insane. And you guys don't want to get vaccinated. You have the right to not get vaccinated. You do. But you have to live by the rules. That's the way that it works. You can't get around this. And it is a choice that you are making. This is not... When you try to compare yourself to a minority, people who are bur- born with a certain skin tone or burn- born with a certain disability or born with a certain inclination for who they're attracted to sexually, get the F out of here. Seek help. You choose your political beliefs you choose all these you choose whether you want to get vaccinated or not and if you don't that's your right but this is the way it works the nfl has set up a rule system for allowing you to play if you're unvaccinated but you got to follow them and yeah i'd be pissed off i would be a hundred percent i'd be pissed off if i found out that somebody that we brought in here was lying about being vaccinated it would piss me off it pissed me off greatly. It would impact the way that I feel about you. Be honest. Say I'm not vaccinated. Say I'll wear a mask. I'll do all those things. You know, I don't know. I don't know how that looks in every particular business. Some businesses have made it clear. that's not gonna. We're not going to fly around here. We're not going to allow for that. But that's everybody's individual right as a business. It's a joke. It's an utter and complete joke. <laughs> (laughs) 
Young Utes brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show, which does indeed return this Tuesday night, Harford Road in Parkville. The Bowman is where we're going to be with Tyus and his special guests. It's brought to you by My Bookie, Great Eights Memorabilia, Press Box, as well as Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Duffy'sGarageMD.com, and also our friends at Window Depot Baltimore, WindowDepotBaltimore.com. The Tyus Bowser Show this Tuesday night. Please bring out your new unwrapped toys. For uh, Great Eights Memorabilia and the great work that they're doing, find out more at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. Lil Jordan, what you got for us? So there was this uh, old couple at the uh, Thunder game. The Oklahoma City. The, yeah. the one where they lost by uh, 77 points or whatever it was, 75 know, points? That did. was last night. Last no, night they no, lost. No, they no, lost. They, what did they lose by? They lost by like 70, yeah, 73. 73. 152 yeah. to 79. All right. But, no, the Thunder Rockets game. And so they That's the one. No, 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 it was the Grizzlies. Yeah, Sorry, you're yeah. right. Grizzlies. And so they were sitting down and Drake comes up and sits down next to them and they they didn't know. Aubrey, who, of course, we're talking yeah. about. Drake yeah. the rapper, not the yeah. Kenyan Drake, yeah. the yeah. running back. Aubrey. And and they they didn't know Drake was Drake. Okay. And they apparently complimented his jacket. He was wearing this nice no, it is a lovely her. jacket. It's and quite nice. They, they compliment his jacket, his earrings. They got the talk. Turn Jordan up a little bit more, please. And then Drake told them and everyone that was sitting around them that this random old couple he just met were his parents. What? Yes. But he was lying. He was yeah, just yeah, like he, he, was, he, he was just he, going with he, it. He, yeah. he was he was going yeah, with right? it. Yeah, right. But then everyone, he was like Bruce Arians. But, He's a liar. Yeah. Yeah, but then ev- everyone around them starts starts talking about him like they're they're his actual parents and they're going along with it. They posing for and, pictures and everything. And I actually yeah. kind of love this. And and then Drake apparently at the well, should end, we, shouldn't Drake have been home celebrating Hanukkah this week? Yeah, what was he yeah. doing out? I don't what the know. What's going on there? Yeah, I don't know. Right. But but at the end of the game, the the old lady she she goes Drake. She said, "Drake, you're just a lovely human being." Well, that's and, nice. And Drake takes her hand and gives her like a like a oh, this like is a this is lovely. Yeah, very very this wholesome is lovely. story. What a lovely yeah. story this yeah. is. The but, shame of it now is, unfortunately, they're going to lose the NBA championship. That couple because they spent time around Drake, and he's yeah. of course a curse. So that's a that's a bummer. But it's a lovely story. I I enjoyed people coming together in in yeah. odd circumstances and um, finding. It's I don't know I mean it's it's lovely that's all I can say it's 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 lovely right that's yeah. all that's all I got for you and then number two is a much less lovely story interesting okay. story okay. is Colombia seized hundreds of arachnids that were the nation of Colombia yes not the district yeah, of Colombia yeah, yeah. not Colombia Missouri yeah. not yeah, the town yeah. of Colombia where Meriwether Post Pavilion is yeah no no the country. And two two Germans were found with 210 plastic containers that were carrying an array of tarantula spiders, spider eggs, scorpions, and 67 roaches. Why? And it it the the Colombian government actually said we haven't had a shipment of tarantulas this size since 2018. And Why the, was there one in 2018? Yeah, yeah. And the largest we have that had wasn't that year, long ago. They're acting yeah. like. Oh, man, it's been a long time since we had one of these. It was like, I don't know, three years ago. What yeah. the F? Yeah. What yeah. am I missing it, it, here? Yeah. Is there, it, a, is there a reason why this occurred? I think it's just a matter of, like, you, you 
make a lot of money on the market, I'm going to look it up. I Well, not right now. We don't have time yeah. for that right now. Jordan, but, prepare yeah. that the next time. Yeah. I'm going to have follow-up questions yeah. when stories like this happen. So what what do they do with all the spiders? They, I assume they... He's like, they, release they, them out. They, like, well, they're here, they're they here now. Nothing we can do about it. Enjoy, Colombians. Invading soccer pitches all over the country. Like, what do you do? You put them in a sanctuary, maybe. It, is there a tarantula sanctuary? Do we be. have tarantula sanctuaries? There's got to be. Do we have tarantula sanctuaries in this country? I mean, there's like zoos and whatnot that have tarantula exhibits, I'm assuming. But like but one. Like, I don't think they have. How many did you say there were? There were 232 tarantulas. You know anywhere where they're just... Don't- a tarantulary? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think there's a tarantulary anywhere. <laughs> the French Fry Porium, is that where they're taking yeah. them? 232 tarantulas? You ever been anywhere? I don't care how many zoos I've been to. I've never been to one that had 232 tarantulas. And 67 roaches. And 67 roaches. What the F is this? It's a weird it's a weird world that we live in, bro. It's a real weird world. All right, go ahead. Get to number three. And then number three is apparently the U.S. military has stated that many explosives. I, I'd love to be the guy that's just like the low man on the totem pole in the Colombian government. They're like, hey, man, until we figure it out, you got to deal with it. Like, you know that there's somebody that exists that they, they just aren't high ranking enough. Like somebody else passed it down to them and then somebody else passed it down to them. They just got to a point in the government where they're like, there's nobody else for me to pass this down to. I'm the I'm the last line of defense here, and I'm just gonna have to be the one that's gonna have to deal with the 232 tarantulas until we figure out what it is that we're gonna do with them. Diego's just having a nice day at work. He's sitting around. He's got his feet up. He's listening to some Journey or something on his headphones, and all of a sudden they walk in. They're like, "Diego, bad news, bro. <laughs> like, you wanted this cushy government job. Well, here's the thing about that. This is what you're gonna have to do today." And he's all like, "Bro, what the? I don't." What do, what do I do with any of it? Sorry, man. Not our problem. Your problem now. That's the way it works. Number three. The U.S. military has And stated, Jordan, I got bad news. That's yeah. you here. If we oh, ever yeah, get a yeah, shipment of yeah. 232 tarantulas, yeah. they're going home with you. Yeah. Be like, Jordan, you got to figure this. In the same way you had to heat up pets. my kids' uh, chicken nuggets two weeks yeah. ago because you were the low man on the totem pole. If we ever, if somebody yeah. sends us to, we're doing one, obviously, for the loser of the picks contest, but it's a dead tarantula. It's not a living tarantula. If we ever get that shipment of all those roaches and tarantulas, I have terrible news for you. They're falling to you. I'll be I'll like, bro, it. I can't, I can't deal with a guy's show to do. Paul and I got to work on the show. You got to take yeah. care of this. If it makes you feel any better, if it were, if you weren't, yeah, here, if you weren't it, here, it, if it, it happened on me. a Wednesday, it would be Paul. It correct, one hundred percent. If it's a Friday, though, no. good news for Paul. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the best possible day. Paul is asking that if you're considering shipping us two hundred thirty-two tarantulas, make it a Friday. Please do it on a Friday. Exactly right. Your problem now. And number three, quickly, because we got to get the bow. U.S. military has stated that many explosives have vanished and are emerging in the civilian world. I assure you they have not vanished. I assure you it does not work that way. If The, the military is going to have to come up with a better explanation than they're vanishing. Hundreds and possibly thousands of armor-piercing grenades, hundreds of pounds of plastic explosives, <laughs> landmines, and rockets have been stolen or just flat-out lost by U.S. armed forces yeah, they, they, over the decade. They've been stolen, yes. Lost, perhaps. They have not vanished. Imagine walking to a press conference as like the, the the Secretary of Defense and somebody said, hey, what happened to all of the, the military gear? And you're like, I don't know, man, just vanished in thin air. Come on, bro. 
Then it's like saying I, I, it's probably magic. I bet it was Peter Pan that took care. Like, what the f is this? Aliens. Right. It's alien. Yeah. Well, that I think we've confirmed. Do I think the government has actually said that aliens exist? I think that's a different conversation. They can't just walk in and say they vanished. Something actually happened to them. You need to beef up your security a little yeah. bit. Kind of concerning that these types of weapons are just disappearing. Yeah. Little concerning. I hate that. Guy. The, the football. I'm still thinking about the football player. That's the problem that's going on here. So that's what you got for us. That's, uh, yep. that's Lil Jordan. That's Young Utes. We do it every Friday that he's here. Uh, w- once he stops eating his french fries for the morning, we end up doing Young Utes. All right. Uh, it is uh, it's a Friday. Every Friday we preview the Ravens. We chat with our friend Bo Smolka, press box Ravens beat writer, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Bo, good morning, sir. How are you? Happy, oh, ha- happy birthday, too, by the way. Wasn't yesterday your birthday? was correct yesterday thank you um everything good everything how was your thanksgiving everything all right everything was good hey thanksgiving was big because loyola beat calvert hall oh yeah yeah you're very i didn't go to it this year unfortunately because we were driving but i my son who's a loyola graduate was had it up on the ipad on the channel two i think it was the feed of the game and we practically drove off the road when the game ended was he mad that that it was he mad that it happened after he was out of school and didn't happen when he was there I don't know about that, but he was mad that he didn't go to that game. I mean, yeah, it was nice to go that day. We'd gone three or four years in a row, and they hadn't even – I don't even think they'd ever even led in the four years he was Jeez. there. Or Jeez. three. They didn't play the one year, but um, good for them. It was, you know, the Turkey Bowl's great. And, and it's, it's you know, the best rivalry is one where both teams win, right? It's not really a rivalry of one team clobbering the other. We'll, the we'll talk about a rivalry here in a second, but you're right. Yes, and, we and, will. And, it, and it was a thriller, of course, on Thanksgiving Day. And if you missed it last night, an amazing story is Mervo uh, won the 3A-4-0 t- title beating Dundalk and of course Mervo uh, had that tragic story just a few months ago of Elijah Gorham passing away and then um, and a lot of people including the Ravens did a really nice job of honoring Elijah Gorham after his death and Anthony Levine has been very close with the Mervo program over the years um, and so that was a special moment last night down in Annapolis as Mervo claimed their uh, state title by beating Dundalk so I meant to mention that earlier I'm sorry I forgot about that but uh, congratulations to them and, and really feel uh, something special for those kids everything that they've been through alright Bo uh, Raven Steelers coming up on Sunday I, I guess let's start uh, I feel like every day you're tweeting uh, You know, there's tweets about how lengthy the injury report is for the Baltimore Ravens. Of course, it's a lengthy situation of what the Steelers are dealing with, too, at the moment. Um, where are we, I guess, specifically? It, it does look good for Calais Campbell, correct? Yeah, he he's uh, he's out of the concussion protocol, we can assume, because he was a full go on Thursday. Uh, so that is the most uh, encouraging news of the bunch. Um, a lot of guys are, you know, nicked up. Some guys were out with illness the last couple days. Tavon Young, two days in a row, he's been out. Marlon Humphrey was out yesterday with what they describe as an illness. Um, so those are things you hope. It's just one day. The other thing that's a little concerning, a couple that are concerning. One, Patrick Ricard has yet to practice this week. Yeah. Um, he's listed with a foot and a thigh. And, I mean, he's lately, when they've he, he's played a lot of snaps when they've tried to establish that run game. Um, and then Adafi Owe didn't practice, practice yesterday with what's described as a shoulder injury. And, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember him having a day where he missed practice like that. So they don't tell it. You know, again, we meet them before practice starts. They're out again in a little while. But that will bear watching whether he's out, uh, whether he misses again today. Okay. Well, um, you know, it's not, nothing new, right? This is what they've been dealing with all season, Bo. I mean, it's just the reality. They've they've truly had to go with the, the next man up mantra. 
as the year has gone on, and it's a possible the possibility there could be another uh, one or two. Although I'm not – do they even have another person on the roster that can play fullback? Is there even anybody else that they could turn to in that situation? I mean, not in the typical fullback road. Yeah. Like they use, you know, as a, as a, you know, they can put, they could put Tomlinson, but that's the other thing. Nick Boyle is also, he hasn't practiced this weekend. You know, he only played 10 snaps last week, and you get the sense that um, he's not quite where they want him to be. And I don't know if he'll be held out and try to get right again, or if he'll try to go again, eight to 10 snaps. But um, I know when he came back, they were hoping he could, you know, he could be Nick Boyle. Uh, but again, they dropped him down to just 10 snaps last week and he hasn't practiced again this week. So it's fair to wonder if he's had some sort of minor setback and they're going to really take it easy with him. Yeah. So if, if you don't have Ricard and you don't have Boyle, you know, that would change things. And Tomlinson would be asked to do a lot of that H back blocking type, but he's not the guy Ricard is at all. Well, at least they've been so good at running the ball this season, Bo. It's probably not all that concerning that they're not going to have those guys. At least that's the case. Well, that we will see, right? We will yeah, see yeah. Uh, against the Steelers team that, you know, the, the Ravens, they will always say they want to establish the run, um, and they, they, get a, they get a play or two here or there. They had, a, they had a couple of decent drives in that game where they mixed the run in the pass against Cleveland. They chewed up that clock late in the game. Freeman actually got a couple good runs, and Ben Powers' penalty called one back. It was a big penalty. But, no, they're just not getting the traction. And I think at this point in the season it's fair to to say, I mean, this running game, this running backs are who they are. Yep. And, and, and like I said, 2016 Devontae Freeman, 2016 Latavius Murray is not walking through the door. Correct. So this is just who they have right now. Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer, with us here on GCR. Bo, um, I, I want to go, if I can, to a conversation I've had with a lot of people this week, but you and I haven't had a chance to chat about it. And that's what we saw on Sunday night with Lamar Jackson, who you know probably had the worst game of his career. And I get he's there's a very high bar with Lamar Jackson, right? So it's you know, there's not a lot of terrible games, but this one was particularly terrible, and, and obviously highlighted by the four interceptions. And I, what I've been trying to figure out: did, did you? Do you think it's more of a story of because they're asking Lamar to do so much and teams know that the running is no threat, that, that this is what's going on? Or are you seeing anything that concerns you uniquely in how Lamar is throwing the ball or in how he's operating in the quarterback position? Oh, I think I think there's things to see that are concerning. I, I mean, I will say this. I think he's he's under duress. Um, more than he'd like to be, and I think that's a factor. But he just, I would say, for the past month or so, again, my own personal view, he doesn't look, doesn't look as comfortable. He just doesn't look as comfortable in any way. There are more flat-footed throws, the arm angle. Everyone always dissects the arm angles and stuff, and they're different, and they're, that doesn't – I wouldn't necessarily equate, you know, more sidearm throws with not playing well. He throws sidearm throws when he's playing well. It's just he's, he's non-traditional that way. But a lot of what he does doesn't feel comfortable, and I don't think he's seeing the field as well as he used to or, or has in the past. I mean, he missed some wide-open receivers in the game on Sunday, and of course it's easy for us to go back and watch from a high camera and see that that was there. Um, and, and the quarterback, when he's got you know Miles Garrett bearing down on him, can't quite see that, and I understand that. But the bottom line is I think in the past, and James Urban, the quarterback's coach, has often talked about his field vision is underrated. Um, that's one of the things they've said about him ever since he got here. He sees the field in ways that people don't give him credit for. 
But I think in the last two or three or four games, and I know he missed the one, but right. it doesn't look like he's seeing the field as well for whatever reason. And maybe it's, there's duress. And I, like I said, I think at times he's holding. <laughs> excuse me. I think at times he's holding the ball too long, and there's some indecision there. And so all of that to me boils down to the fact that he, he, nothing looks comfortable to him right now. Um, and how that can be fixed, I'm not sure because the, the offense line is what it is. The pressure is going to be what it is. But I think, you know, he can go back and say, well, I threw four interceptions. I played like a rookie. And, and he was. He was terrible in that game, and the throws were bad and so forth. But I think they've got to go back and see why it is he's not comfortable. And, and is, it, is the missed practice time a factor? We've talked about how he's missed almost six or seven practices with illness this fall. Is the illness itself a factor? We don't know that. Um, and so, I, but I look at the comfort level, and it just he just does not look comfortable to me. Uh, Bo Smolka with us here on GCR. I, I don't disagree with it. And this is, again, unprecedented, unprecedented what they're asking of him to essentially be the entirety of the offense with not really a, a, a reasonable offensive line in front of him to boot. I mean, it's, it's, it's a crazy situation for him to be in. But this week, I know Greg Roman was, was using some verbiage, like, you know, we got, we got some things that we can still do, and I think people are hoping that they're going to dig into the bag of tricks and pull out a bunch of stuff, and Devin Duvernay is going to be Debo Samuel now moving forward and, and running the ball. Do you think that people are getting carried away with some of the comments that Greg Roman made this week? I, I, I would be very surprised if suddenly the Ravens-Steelers game was when the Ravens pulled out like 10 trick plays or something along those lines. Excuse me. I just think people are looking for some sort of spark, and they look at what other teams have done with a guy like Samuel or Cordell Patterson, and they look at Devin Duvernay is a guy I've said for two years now, it just seems good things happen when the ball gets in his hands. It just, it just seems to happen more often than not, a lot more often than not, good things happen when the ball is in his hands. So why not try to get the ball in his hands more often? It's kind of simplistic, but you know, are they going to line him up in the backfield as a running back? I don't know. More jet sweeps, maybe. Um, so people asked Greg Roman exactly that yesterday. Is there, you know, and, and Greg Roman is not going to sit up there at a press conference and describe what he's going to do with his offense. Um, he did say we have a lot of things in our vault, he called it, and they're not going to pull out everything out of the vault right away, and they're going to use stuff over the course of the season. I don't think they'll unveil a few, a, a lot of trick plays. I think they'll unveil a wrinkle or two. These teams know each other as well as anybody. I think you have to have a couple wrinkles ready when you play the team that knows you so well. So it wouldn't surprise me to see a couple wrinkles, whether it's Devin Duvernay lining up in the backfield or whether it's a flea flicker player. What? Who knows? But I do think we'll see a couple wrinkles. As far as Duvernay lining up as a running back or pulling that Debo Samuel role or whatever, I think it's just a matter of people want to see some sort of spark, and they recognize that Duvernay is a guy that might be able to give him one. I, and I get that, and I'm not. I'm not opposed. Look, it's not like anybody else is running the ball, Bo. You know what I mean? Like, sure, why not try Devin Duvernay running the football a little bit more? I mean, I, I we really are almost in the it can't be worse territory at this point. I mean, but you know, they're they're. They're still looking. They're still looking for answers in that run game. There's no doubt about that. What do you make of the just the nature of this being? Like I, I know that you look at the Steelers, and there's not a lot of reason to be uh, believers in them. And then on top of everything else, they lose T.J. Watt to the COVID list this week. Ben Roethlisberger hasn't looked good. But is it as simple as saying this is still Raven Steelers we're talking about? And you know we've watched 
I just had Charlie Batch on the program earlier today. We watched Charlie Batch come into Baltimore a decade ago and, and win a game against the Ravens, right? Like we, we just should probably know better than to think that there's going to be some sort of dominant performance because the Steelers haven't played well recently and, and are dealing with some COVID issues. I mean, I, I remember that Charlie Batch game. Yes, I, I think they have every reason to believe the Steelers will compete. And, and I know the Steelers looked just horrendous last week against Cincinnati. The guy had news for you. So did the Ravens look horrendous against Cincinnati. Yep. So um, I, here's what I think of this. I, I think they've got to be extremely dis- – in Pittsburgh now, they've got to be extremely disappointed with that defense because there was so much talk about that defense, and it just hasn't looked no good. Question. And now you've lo- potentially lost Watt. Devin Bush hasn't played like they wanted him to be. Joe Hayden's hurt. There's a lot of issues with that defense. Um, I look at Roethlisberger. Yes, he's looking old. He's looking less mobile and everything. Here's what I see from Ben Roethlisberger that I think should worry the Ravens. What does he do? He throws five- and six-yard passes, right? And what do the Ravens not do? They don't tackle. And five- and six-yard passes turn into 55-yard touchdowns. That is fair. And that, to me, is what the Ravens have to worry about. If they, they need to tackle. They need to tackle as well as they did last week. I'll give them credit. They did against Cleveland. But these short passes have gone for long gains all season. And I think that's where Ben Roethlisberger and Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and Firemuth, those guys can kill the Ravens if they catch these short passes in space and the Ravens don't wrap them up. And then suddenly it is game on. Uh, it's a great point. It is really a great point. It has been one of their biggest problems all season, and 100%, you let these dudes get the ball in their hands in the middle of the field and you don't tackle them, there's going to be real problems, real problems for the Ravens. All right, if you've not picked up this print issue of Press Box, you can read Bo's uh, story about Anthony Averett. It's still available for a couple of weeks. Then we're going to have our best of issue hitting stands here in the next, oh, I want to say 15 days is when that will hit stands. But go get this one right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box, or read it at PressBoxOnline.com. Bo, you want to plug the uh, podcast real quick? Sure. I'm doing a podcast now for the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Uh, I do it every week with da- former Ravens tight end Daniel Wilcox, who is really, really insightful. So this week we talked a lot about Patrick Queen and how the move to the weak side linebacker has really helped him. Revelation. And, um, and he talked a lot about, you know, we talked about whether the Ravens should be worried about how Lamar Jackson's playing. And he gave some really good insight into being a player during Steeler Week. So he's, he's really a great Listen, uh, again, it's B-L-E-A-V, Believe.com. You can just search for the Ravens show there. All right. At B. Smolka on Twitter is how you follow him. Pressboxonline.com is where you see all his stuff. Uh, Bo, safe travels up to Pittsburgh on Sunday. We will talk to you again next Friday, my friend. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer, checking in with us as he does every Friday here on GCR. Of course, you guys know how much we love Dan Wilcox. So um, it's definitely a podcast worth giving a listen to. Today's show also brought to you by, ooh, how about this one's brought to you by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour. If you missed it last night, Stan and Gary Stein caught up with Mike Gibbons from the Babe Ruth Museum. Really crazy story about this Babe Ruth card that ended up at the Babe Ruth Museum and is worth an ungodly amount of money. I mean, just an insanely valuable card. Uh, I would pass. I'm just being honest. Like, if I were Mike Gibbons and, like, this card, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to let somebody else have it. I I am not prepared to host something this valuable. It's why I never have any valuable things in my house. I'm like, somebody walks in there like, isn't your TV, like, 10 years old? I'm like, yep, and if somebody breaks in, they ain't going to want to steal it. Like, <laughs> I am good. I don't have to worry about it. 
Somebody, uh, when we were getting married, they, they made my wife and I do that bit because they're going to play it at the bachelorette party. We're like, I had to, they asked her questions, they asked me questions to see if we answered them the we same did way. That too. This is a very common, you know, like thing. And um, the the question was like, if if your house was on fire, what would you go back in and get? And it was like list three things, and we literally both said the dog, and that was it. That was the entirety of the list. Like it just, I do not much care for valuable things. I don't want them. It's the same reason I don't carry cash, right? Like I just don't, I don't want any of these things. These are troubles that I can let another man deal with. I am not going to choose to deal with these troubles. But Mike Gibbons and the Babe Ruth Museum, I get it. They wanted, they want to protect and preserve the history of this Baltimore sports icon. And so part of this is this extremely valuable baseball card. So they were talking about it last night with uh, Stan and Gary Stein. If you missed that or if you missed Boog Powell earlier in the week with Stan and Ross Grimsley, go right now to Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the Videos tab or go to PressBoxOnline.com slash video and check it out there. When we come back in, we will preview the weekend in college football. Senator's Suggestions with Justin Reedy next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Taz Bowser Show. The next Taz Bowser Show is Tuesday, December 7th at the Bowman on Harford Road in Parkville. It's brought to you by PressBox Great Eights Memorabilia, as well as Window Depot Baltimore, WindowDepotBaltimore.com, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Duffy'sGarageMD.com, and the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard joins us courtesy of my bookie. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro-Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. Hey, it's KZ. The Pressbox Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, facebook.com slash pressboxsports or pressboxonline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Pressbox Fantasy Football Show. 
every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue for a Friday edition of the program. Today's show also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football, where you can go right now, make your first deposit when you sign up, and use the code PRESSBOX, and we will match up to $100 of free money that you can play with at Underdog Fantasy Football. And as I I am hearing rumors that perhaps you will finally be able to make your first brick-and-mortar bets in the state of Maryland, and it's not... It's not that far away. Like, it's it's within days almost at this point. Just a rumor that I've heard about. I can't confirm, deny. I'm not going to put the senator on the spot or anything like that. Just a rumor. Uh, little Birdie told me that this week. I heard a few things from Little Birdies this week. I know I'm not a reporter, but just something that I heard. Um, but even when that happens, you're not going to be able to bet on your phone. And an underdog, you can bet on your phone by using their player props and their parlays, and it's legal, and you can do it in the state of Maryland or where you are. And perhaps, for example, you can't do college football in the state of Maryland. Just a bummer. But if you're somewhere else, like if you're John down in Little Rock, you might be able to do it in the state of Arkansas. Download the Underdog app, find out, use that code PRESSBOX, and uh, we'll match up to $100 when you make your first deposit. It is a Friday, and it's an important Friday in the college football world because Sunday is the college football playoff selection show, just championship games, and I think one odd uh, Pac-12 game this weekend that had to be uh, rescheduled. Joining us now to preview the big games of the weekend, he is our friend Senator Justin Reedy, and he's with us here on GCR. Senator, good morning. How are you? It's always a pleasure to be with you. How are you? I'm well. Uh, I know you and I, uh, we, we, you, you commented on Twitter that you were in lockstep with the things that I said. No pun intended, by the way, when it comes to uh, Mike Loxley. Yeah, I think, you know, six and six was a must to show progress. I don't think, you know, nobody's like throwing a parade, but it's an important step to be bowl eligible. I would, you know, would love it to be, to maybe win one more game that you shouldn't have won yep. to be seven and five, but. The bottom line is bowl eligibility is a step forward, and you know hopefully next year as the recruiting continues to improve, the next step is really getting more depth, more quality depth, no question, and, and refinement in the program. So, you know, hopefully it's uh, it's on the right track. I, I and that's sort of the way that I feel, right? Like I I am I I believe that they have done a nice job in recruiting, and I believe that there is talent here. Your point about depth as well, too, and it's just all like what they're up against, and I. I would feel this way about any coach, right? Like, this is an almost impossible ask for Maryland football in a year where all of Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, uh, Ohio State, they were all really good. You had to face all of them this season. They were all really good. That is an, a, a nearly impossible ask for anyone in those I circumstances. Think, I think the challenge for Loxley is Coach Loxley has got to figure out how to not get blown out by good Really good right. Teams make them more. Nobody, make them more competitive. Yes. And they and they played Penn State tough, but Penn State, while talented, ended up seven and five. So right. It's like you know, they really need to. I think they were better than seven and five, but they ended up seven and five. And and you know, the the Iowa game, Michigan, these games, you got to find a way that we're not getting blown out like that. And I, I hopefully with next year, that's the step forward. Is maybe you win one or two of the games you're not supposed to win. I think the program can get to where it wins seven eight games consistently. It's just. It's just a challenge to how to get there. No, they are not their non-conference schedule next year. Much like they don't, they don't have a West Virginia on even on the. the it's like SMU is their toughest non-conference game next right, year, and I think right. that's part of the realization of how difficult it is 
to win. Yeah, I, I think Maryland doesn't need to be scheduling cross-conference power yeah. five games. I think they got to understand where they are, and you need four winnable non-conference games. Uh, not not all cupcakes, but four winnable non-conference games, and and then hope that you can win three. You know, go three and five, four and four in the Big yep. Ten gets you to a pretty good year. Yep, yeah. it's a shame they can't schedule a cupcake like Texas every year, though. That's just the real That's bummer true. about it. That's true. All right, let's let's preview Senator's suggestions. Um, and, and and look, we all know these are championship games this weekend. So to some extent, they're all important, right? But some of them are yeah. particularly important because they have college football playoff implications. Let's start. What's number three on your list, sir? Number three, a quick shout-out for the one that's number four, which is Houston at Cincinnati for yep. the AAC yep. Championship. Important. Cincinnati has to win. I think if they win, they get in the playoffs. I agree. But Houston, Houston's very good. Houston is very good, and that could be a close game. And I hope the committee the committee should have ranked Houston higher than the you know the 20s, in my opinion. But anyway, that, that, that one didn't quite make the cut, but that's number four. Number three is Baylor versus Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is on the cusp of the playoff. I think, again, if, if Oklahoma State wins and, and Georgia beats Alabama, I think Oklahoma State will be in. Uh, they, they've had an amazing season that was unexpected. Yep. Baylor, though, is no joke. I mean, it's a top-10 program, and uh, you know, I, I expect this to be a physical, relatively low-scoring game. I could see it being sort of a 24-21 kind of game. Now, you know, it's, um, so, it's so funny you say that. Like, I'm so taken aback. This is the Big 12 that we're talking about. I, I didn't I think know. they played defense in this league. And all of a sudden, Oklahoma State's like this defensive powerhouse. The last couple of years, that the defenses have gotten better in the Big 12. You could argue perhaps that quarterback play has regressed a little as well. But, uh, yeah, no question. Oklahoma State's impressive. And, you know, that they beat Oklahoma 37-33, which sounds like a high-scoring game. But when you look at the that game, Oklahoma scored a couple. A couple of their touchdowns were, were like on weird plays that weren't the defense's fault. So, I mean, they really had a great defensive performance against Oklahoma to get here. And uh, but, but Banner will make you play inside a box, too. So I think it's a it's. Uh, you know, it's going to be very interesting. I could, I could easily see Baylor winning this game. Yeah, all right, so that would, uh, that would be, that would take Oklahoma State out of the equation altogether. And I think that's right. And yeah, would, would maybe, would maybe put Notre Dame back into play. Although I, there's no way. I can't. There is nothing that Notre Dame has done that makes them deserving of being in the college football playoff. But that's, well, we, this, we could go on this yeah, rabbit trail. But you know, Alabama and it's my team, as you know. Yeah. And I, I think they're I, they're not a, as good of an Alabama team as they've been in the past last year, certainly. But it is true they're playing a really tough SEC championship game, and yep. so is Michigan. By the way, Michigan yep. in this next game is playing. If Michigan didn't have to play a Big Ten championship game, they'd be in the playoff. Yep. So. It's a little bit fair to say Notre Dame, 11-1, and didn't have any really great quality wins. Maybe Wisconsin, you could say, is a good win. And they're sitting there and get to take the time off. So I think that should count against them somewhat, I, but, but we'll see. I we'll agree. See. I agree. All right, number two. Michigan versus Iowa, a uh, top 15 Iowa team not not to be trifled with. They're, Michigan, obviously, coming off a huge win, program-defining win over Ohio State, but they need to pay it off. Yep with a win in the Big Ten championship game. And I think they will. I think they have more talent, and I don't think they'll play into the Iowa turnover machine the way some other teams have this year. But with that said, make no mistake, Iowa can win this game. I, and this is going to go late into the night. And if, I tell you what, if uh, you could end up having a lot of teams watching this game rooting for Michigan to lose if, if certain things happen earlier in the day. So, so it um, – it's yep. a weird thing that I feel about it, right? Because I, like we talked about the line, the line is like ten and a half for Michigan, and I don't. Get, to me. 
yeah, I think that's a little high. I think it's high too, and I, I had to bite on it. I had to to, to pick Iowa in that because that just doesn't seem right. It seems like Michigan's going to want to run the ball and play defense, and that's what worked. And because of that, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. Yeah, ten and a half. And again, I, none of my advice is meant to be gambling advice. Uh, right. Ten, ten and a half. Uh, to me, I could see this being a twenty ten Michigan win, like a yeah. twenty to ten or a nineteen to thirteen kind of game, where where Michigan probably is in control of the game late. But it's not a blow. You know what I'm saying? I could really see that that taking place. That's, so. that's how I felt. That's exactly yeah, how I yeah. felt. And of course, that leads number, us to number one. Number one game, the game that I think people have been waiting for for the college football season, knowing that it was probably going to be the game of the year in a year where it's been a weird. It's been a weird year in college football. You know, Michigan Ohio State last week certainly was a great game uh, that had a lot on the line. This one, Georgia versus Alabama. Uh, can Georgia? finally pay it off and get over the Alabama hump can Kirby Smart beat Nick Saban and win the big one um you know Georgia Georgia doesn't have to win the SEC title game yep I think they're going I think they're going to win that they don't have to they they would be in even if they lost I think even if Alabama beat them by two touchdowns Georgia's probably still in the game uh in the in the playoff but they certainly want to win and um for Alabama, you know, they couldn't block Auburn last week until later in the game. Who knows if they figured anything out, but Georgia's defensive front is better. Uh, we'll see what happens. I think Alabama has the firepower. They didn't play well against Auburn until late. I think they have the firepower to make it interesting for a while. Georgia just comes at you in waves. So, the, the, to me, I'm going to be watching see, can Georgia get out early on offense and get a couple scores and put – pressure on Alabama more yeah. or can Alabama hold their offense down and keep the game close and try to find a way to move the ball I think those are the that's the big matchup is that is is Georgia's dominance up front can Alabama find some way to counter that which is odd to say for an Alabama team that's not normally what you say no question I think Georgia wins I think Georgia wins the game Alabama with a close loss could conceivably get in the playoff I know everybody hates hearing that uh, but I think it's most likely that they've got a win to be in. Look, they should, they should get in over uh, Notre Dame. If they lose and it's I close, agree. they absolutely should get in over Notre Dame. Uh, not Oklahoma State. If, if they lose no, no, and, and Oklahoma State wins, then Oklahoma State gets in. But if Oklahoma State loses as well, then there's just no – it's insane to me that we're talking about this with Notre Dame. Like, Notre Dame, if they weren't named Notre Dame, would be treated like they were a non-Power 5 based on their, their schedule is – they. they these were not yeah. good teams. They happened to be in no, Power they, Five conferences, but they weren't good teams. No, and, no, and, and in fairness to Notre Dame, their schedule, they schedule USC. Right. USC was terrible. So it's not like they schedule all cupcakes, but yeah, North Carolina wasn't very good. USC was terrible. You know, Stanford was terrible. I mean, normally uh, Notre Dame's schedule is, is a lot of teams that are solid to really good. Yep. This, this was not the year for yep. that. And they lost to Cincinnati at home. Cincinnati should be ahead of them. I frankly think Cincinnati should probably be ahead of Notre Dame, even if they lose to Houston. But I, I think if Cincinnati has the win to get in, yes, but yes. Uh, I agree with you. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be. Right. Look, All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna an g- awesome day. I'm going to give you awesome one more. Going to give you one more to leave on, uh, Senator Justin Reedy. If Alabama wins tomorrow, then probably by default Bryce Young is the Heisman Trophy winner, right? I think he probably it, deserves it if they beat Georgia. <laughs> it, and, and, well, yeah, it's hard to imagine a scenario in which he doesn't play really well and they beat Georgia. So that's, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. If they lose, who's the Heisman Trophy winner at that point? Uh, you know who I think ought to probably be ahead of everybody right now would be either Will Anderson of Alabama, who has had a Derek Thomas-like year yeah. at, for, on defense. And frankly, if they beat Georgia, Will, he might have as much to do with it as Bryce Young. Sure. No offense to Bryce Young. 
Uh, Jordan Davis of Georgia is dominant. Has been a dominant defensive lineman. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I think I think they ought to look at a defensive player this year because nobody really grabbed the bull by the horns. That, that defensive lineman from Michigan that had like uh, Hutchinson, yeah, sacks against yeah. Ohio State. Not really, but it seemed that way. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, I think it's Will Anderson or it's Jordan Davis or somebody like that. I don't know who the voters will pick. I have no idea. I think if Bryce Young throws for 450 yards and Alabama loses 38-35, I think you still could probably give him the high. Probably trophy. yes, that would probably uh, he would yeah. He, yeah probably would default to he had the he was the guy that had the last you know big showing and so yeah. people just yeah, voted for him and 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 did it that way. But that's sort of the way that I'm feeling is I'm I'm almost leading the way that you are. Is that like a Hutchinson, a Jordan Davis, and. Like yeah. it, it, this is the year to give it to a defensive player because there's just then not been a quarterback or a, even you know Kenneth Walker kind of petered out a little bit down the stretch. So um, I'm I'm with now, you. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you one last thing in leaving you. The cool thing about Saturday, well Friday night into Saturday, is um, it's going to be like an old fashioned January first. Back when I was a kid, before you had the bowl alliances that tied all the teams together, one versus two. You'd have the number one team playing the number four team in a bowl, and at the same time you'd have the number three team playing the number five team, and the number two team was playing some random team that was number 10 in, the, in some bowl, and it was all happening kind of all in the span of eight hours. So that's kind of what Saturday's going to be like. You're going to have a, a Big 12 title game, AAC title game, um, you know, uh, Big 10s later that night, SEC in the afternoon. So it, it's a lot of moving parts are going to be happening and a lot of scoreboard watching. Uh, almost be a lot of again, kind of an NCAA tournament vibe to it exactly. over the course Absolutely. of the weekend. Absolutely. Yep, no doubt. Absolutely. All right, at Reedy uh, CFB on Twitter is how you follow him. Of course, the duck pin is where you see his musings about college football and the Ravens. Uh, Senator, always appreciate it, my friend. I we'll we'll be in touch. We're going to talk before for sure before the playoff and 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 how we do this moving forward. But we'll we'll be in touch. All right. Thank you as always taking the time for us. Sounds great. Thanks, man. You guys have a great weekend. You too, Senator Justin Reedy, checking in with us here on GCR. A um, couple things quickly. Uh, one, today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. So uh, two things. One, got a lot of traction uh, from our interview with Mike Loxley. A lot of people were talking about it because he addressed the the transfer portal guys. If, if you missed it yesterday, I told you the, the in poking around this week, a reporter I am not, but in poking around, um, the sense that I get is internally within the program, they're a little disappointed about Brandon Jennings leaving. They they don't think that Terrence Lewis was going to pan out. So if you missed that yesterday, I brought that up, but I think a lot of people probably saw the interview being passed around, maybe came and joined us today. That's the sense that I got internally about that situation. The other transfer portal news, and yeah, Paul from Movie Lando just brought this up, Maryland basketball, uh, James Graham entered his name into the transfer portal. He is done, had not been playing. Nobody really ever got, like, anything definitive about what happened with James Graham and and Maryland and with Mark Turgeon. But considering all of their issues in shooting the ball and in scoring, at some point you would have thought that James Graham would have found his way into the mix. You would have thought that there would have been uh, something from James Graham at some point. There never was. I To, to your question, Paul, relate, regarding the relationship between David Evans and Mark Turgeon, it's it's fine. They have a fine relationship. Um, 
that being said, Damon Evans knows that he's judged by the success of the football and basketball programs. That's the nature of being an athletic director at a major college. That's the, you know, you can you can win national championships in other sports and Maryland's won national championship, men's and women's lacrosse and I'm trying to think of the timeline of when Damon took over if he was AD for like the soccer national championship a couple years ago. Remember, he was serving as interim AD at one point. He wasn't yet AD. I don't remember. But, you know, they've won national championships in, in recent years in other sports. It's not as if, you know, they haven't had success. And, of course, the Maryland women's basketball program beat Miami last night. They're still quite good. And the Maryland field hockey program was back in the Final Four this year. And baseball was back in the NCAA tournament last year. Those are all good things. But everybody knows at a at a school like Maryland, the athletic director is going to be tied directly to actually technically three things. The success of the football program, the success of the basketball program, and where you are financially. Because you do have to answer to, to people internally about where you are financially. And so, you know, he's not stupid. And if this thing continues to to come apart at the seams, there's going to be a problem. He's not just going to Stick by Mark Turgeon for the fun of sticking by him, but he's got to know that there's financial backing to do it. It's not as if, um, if I remember correctly, the there was no buyout in the contract, so that makes it more difficult. You know, we'll deal with that as the season goes on. As the season goes on, we'll deal with that. But the James Graham situation, unfortunate. I don't. It's not a lot. Not a lot can be said about that. It's unfortunate. It's an unfortunate situation. If if whatever James Graham did was truly awful, then I'm not going to fault Mark Turgeon necessarily, but I would have liked to have thought that he would have just kicked him off the team if it was truly awful. If it wasn't truly awful, then yeah, he probably should have found his way into the mix at some point. So I don't think people are wrong to scream about it. I think people now Maryland fans are starting to wonder why like, Cornish hasn't gotten an opportunity yet. Um, Mark Turgeon made it clear to me before the season he didn't think Ike, Torn- Ike Cornish was there. Just like When we were asking about those guys, he's like, yeah, you're going to see a lot of Juju. Probably not quite as much of Ike Cornish. Um, to the idea that you know, you're struggling so much, why not give somebody else a try? I, I, I hear you. I, I hear the thought. I, I don't know if you're wrong, but I'm also not the coach, so I don't get to make those decisions. That's that's the way that that works. We're going to talk some boxing when we come back in. Javante Davis, Baltimore's own, is back in action this weekend. On Sunday night on Showtime Pay-Per-View, Javante Davis taking on Isaac Cruz in uh, the main event of a Premier Boxing Champions card. Al Bernstein, legendary boxing analyst, is going to join us next Also, don't forget the Project Game Day returns this Sunday. I'll be with you at halftime. It'll be myself and the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, postgame for Project Game Day. Looking forward to it. We will see you on Sunday. Project Game Day brought to you by Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, and Underdog Fantasy Football. We do it every game day this season. See you Sunday for Project Game Day. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy their award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings, or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $6.99 burgers on Mondays and $5.99 nachos on Thursdays. And watch football on their big screens every Monday, Thursday, and Sunday. Dine in and let us serve you, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com. 
glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro-Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles, and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember, because of the sheer weight and size of my truck, I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and brake suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Day. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Taz Bowser show. The next Taz Bowser show is Tuesday, December 7th at the Bowman on Harford Road in Parkville. It's brought to you by Press box great eights memorabilia as well as window depot baltimore window depot duffy's garage in baldwin duffy's garage md.com and the nfl chick sarita hubbard joins us courtesy of my bookie we can't imagine why you'd want to but you can watch gcr live it's at facebook.com slash sports and try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. Every Thursday, the Pressbox Fantasy Football Show with Ken Zalis. If you missed it yesterday, you can find it right now, facebook.com slash Sports. Click on the Videos tab or go to pressboxonline.com slash video. We'll be back next Thursday for the regular season finale of fantasy football season at 11.30 a.m. <clears throat> Join us at uh, facebook.com slash Sports or pressboxonline.com slash radio. The Pressbox Fantasy Football Show is brought to you by CCBC, the Maryland Department of Transportation, and Glory Days Grill. I can add another to the list, as I told you earlier. We already have six of the drop-off boxes out. Uh, Later today, there will be one at Mother's in Timonium. So add that to the list of places where you'll be able to go this weekend and next week to drop off your coats and clothes for the Helping Up mission. Uh, I mentioned earlier, Glory Days Grill in Towson, as well as Jerry's Toyota, Jerry's Chevrolet, Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, Uptown Cheapskate in Bel Air, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, and now Mother's in Timonium joins the list of places where you can go over the next two weeks to drop off your coats, your clothes for helping up mission. And if you do, just take a picture and you will be entered to win. Tweet me at Glenn Clark Radio, email me, Glenn at PressBoxOnline.com, Glenn Clark Radio at gmail.com. Either way, let me know that you did and you will be entered to win this lovely. 16 by 20 canvas of uh, Ravens running back J.K. Dobbins that has been autographed by the man himself, 
Thank you to Great Eights Memorabilia for providing that for us. And thank you to you for making your donations. And again, just send a picture. Let me know that you got your donation in and you will be entered to win that autographed canvas. Sunday night, Premier Boxing Champions on Showtime pay-per-view. In the main event, Baltimore's own Gervonta Tank Davis back in action. He takes on Isaac Cruz, defending his WBA lightweight title. Joining us now to preview the fight, preview the card, he is an absolute legend, the Hall of Famer. Al Bernstein is back with us here on GCR. Al, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's always great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Thank you for letting me visit. Absolutely. Al, I guess let's like walk me through uh, where Gervonta is. Last time we saw him, he steps up in weight class, and he gets a win, but he looked you know, kind of sluggish to start that fight against Berrios. It, was that specifically about the step up in weight class, do you think, or does he need to prove that he's, you know, that that wasn't more just about someone catching up to him? Wait, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. You broke up for one second. I missed the first part of that question. No, I was, that? right. Just talking about how the last time we saw Gervonta in that Barrios fight, he had stepped up in weight class, but he, he looked oh, sluggish, right. right, to start the fight. He didn't, it, it took a while yeah. for him to get going in that one. Do you yeah, think I that think, was just about the weight class jump? Well, you know, I think it was a, a kind of a, a combination of Barrios <clears throat> uh, having the physical frame uh, of a Big, tall fighter. Ferros is tall even for a 140-pounder and has had good a good skill set of boxing from the outside and being, uh, um, you know, being uh, really just a very physically hard guy to, to get in on the inside of. And I think that had a lot to do with it. Uh, and as you say, the fact that it was up in weight. So, uh, and, and, you know, Javante Davis has had fights where, you know, against Gamboa, other fights where it takes him a while for his motor to get to get really running. So I, that may be a, a, a part of his DNA a little bit. But here's the thing that happens with him. And he's, he's had four stoppages in recent fights after the eighth round. So, you know, he, he this may be something that might be just a part of his DNA. Hmm, very interesting. What do you think the future? I know there's some legal issues that probably complicate this question, Al, but do, do you get the sense that Gervonta is going to intend to keep fighting in multiple weight classes in the, in the coming years? You know, I think he's going to settle at 135 for a while because uh, of, you know, I talked to him the other day during our fighter meetings and he 135 is probably the best place for him for a while. You know, 140 is uh, uh, he can fight there and may fight there, but it's a little bit of a bridge too far right now. And 130 is hard for him to make. So I think, and it's kind of good news for boxing fans because there are so many right. uh, great matches at 135. We just have to get those fighters in the ring, which I think is going to start happening a little bit more. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I, uh, I think 135 is where we're going to see him for a little while. The fight this time out was not the scheduled fight, of course. Um, we know that uh, he was supposed right. to fight Rolando Romero, and then there were sexual assault uh, allegations that were made. So now Isaac Cruz steps in. What do we need to know about Isaac Cruz? Is this a particularly compelling fight, or is this a fight against a guy that's stepping in at the last minute that, that maybe isn't quite as compelling as, as you would want for a, a big-time Gervonta Davis fight? Well, yeah, Isaac Cruz is... is 
is a, a very good fighter when someone's in front of him and he can crank up the power as he's against Diego Magdalena and have a battle with them. He's a powerful young fighter uh, who has a great left hook and he's short. Uh, he's only 5'4". And he, when you're in front of him, he can make it a, a, a battle, a real battle, and, and has won. Uh, his problems have been, and where he's won, had to go to, to decisions and not looked as impressive as he would like, is when he's facing a boxer. Uh, now, I think Walter Davis has boxing skills. He's always interested in making it a fight. That's one thing about Davis. So because of that, I think that it's going to be uh, an exciting fight. And I think that there'll be there'll be big punches landed. And and Cruz is more dangerous than Romero would have been, uh, okay. in my opinion. Okay. Uh, you know, as a, as a puncher. Um, and so I think that part makes it interesting. And and to be honest, one of the things that makes the evening interesting to me, while I think the main event will be really intriguing and however long it lasts, it's going to be exciting. I think the undercard is the part of the evening that I'm actually most okay. excited about. Okay. Because because it's one of the best undercards I've seen on a pay-per-view in quite a while. All right. He is Al Bernstein. And again, Sunday night, Showtime pay-per-view, Premier Boxing Champions, Gervonta Davis and Isaac Cruz in the main event. But because you just mentioned it, tell me, what what is it that we should be excited about about this undercard, Al? Well, there's three really good fights down there. Uh, one, the, the Sebastian Fundora is taking on Sergio Garcia in a 154-pound eliminator fight. Fundora is a six-foot-six-inch fighter who fights at 154 pounds. It seems almost impossible, and yeah. yet he makes the weight easily. He is a big power-punching left-hander, and Sergio Garcia is an undefeated, superb boxer from Spain, and we recently saw... Kiko Martinez, the Spanish fighter, win a world title. Uh, Garcia's really good, and that should be a good fight. But the one that might be the best fight on the card is Sergio, uh, Sergei Dervianchenko, who just fought, you know, uh, Jamal Charlo, uh, or not just, but it was some months ago, but cut, fought Jamal Charlo and lost in a very spirited and great fight. And, of course, he had fought, uh, he's one of the top middleweights. He, he lost to Golovkin in a fight that he could easily have won. He fought Daniel Jacobs. He's a terrific fighter. Uh, and he's fighting Carlos Adamas, who is a, a monster puncher, coming up from 154 pounds to face uh, uh, Dervinchenko. That's going to be a war. And also Eduardo Ramirez and, uh, uh, against uh, Mariaga is going to be a, a... They're both sluggers who come to knock you out and i think that's going to be fun so i think what we're going to have is a really fun night of boxing i'm looking forward to it you reference the idea that there could be some bigger fights coming and again i know so much of this with gervonta like is is complicated but he's got to go back to court and and there's there's actual jail time that's that's perhaps mm -hmm. lingering for him but um we just saw teofimo lopez lose like what what are the fights now that we want to see moving forward, specifically for Javante Davis? One of the intriguing fights that I think is very makeable for them uh, that seems to be on the radar in, in the near future might be him and Ryan Garcia, okay. uh, who has been, of course, kind of absent. He, you know, he had some issues that uh, he, mental health issues that he said he had to deal with and, 
uh, he pulled out of a, a, a recent fight, uh, but now he's he wants to be back in action, and I think that fight is potentially makeable, and that actually is a very very exciting fight. Obviously, we want to see some of these champions in it. Uh, you know, Combosis, who just beat uh, yep. Tiafimo Lopez, uh, stayed in America, and he's going to be at the, the fight uh, between Devin Haney and uh, uh, Jojo Diaz on Saturday, and then he's coming to the the um, Durante Davis. Oh, how interesting! Uh, the cruise fight. He yeah. wants to. He's making a tour to to to, to hang out and uh, let the world know he's around. And, he wants to fight uh, one of these two fighters, so that's kind of encouraging. Um, and so I think we just want to see all those lightweights get back in action. And Lomachenko fighting also. Uh, so any combination of them uh, is good. And I think it some of those combinations are likely to happen in 2022. Do you do you have any sense yet? And again, we're, I'm not trying to be presumptive, but should Gervonta win on Sunday night, do you have any sense for? You know, schedule-wise, obviously he's only been fighting about twice per year. Do you have a, a sense of, especially considering the, the legal stuff, when he might try to fight again, particularly if one of those, you know, big money fights that you were talking about might be in the cards? Well, you know, he actually has ever, he's actually had three fights over a 12-month period, even though it hasn't been in a calendar year with this one. So, uh, so he's been a little more active in, uh, but, but not, you know, obviously in this day and age. And, 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 and if I'm being fair, the pandemic, obviously, I, I think I'm, I, I was, I'm maybe the pandemic really screwed things up because there was yeah, a good yeah, break in there. Yeah. Stopped him. Um, but, but, you know, uh, I think we could look to see him in the ring. And of course, as you say, it's pending other activities, but I think you can look to see him in the ring and, and, and maybe in five months or so. And, uh, and uh, and I, if I if I was a betting person, I'd be betting that uh, the Garcia fight might be one that they might be able to make. Okay, that that would be a good one. That would be one that would be really yeah, it would intriguing. Be excellent. Al Bernstein, before we let you go, I, I'm just wondering are you, are you willing yet to apologize to the world for Rocky Five? Like, are you willing to say that it was probably <laughs> my fault and I I owe everybody an apology? We've been waiting for a long time, man. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. Rocky Five is the uh, the whipping boy of the Rocky series, right? Which you know, is in part because it's just the series is so bloody great, right? That like, yeah, that's that's the one that they yeah. that they 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 probably fell down on. So my luck, I was supposed to be in a couple of other Rockies, and it didn't work out because <laughs> of uh, one one of them. ESPN wouldn't even let me be on because they were going to use USA Mike flags when USA was doing boxing. Okay, so they they. They, they prevented me from being in one of the early Rockies. Oh. For my luck, I had to hit number five. Oh. Right? Oh, um, but uh, I know that was... But I'll tell you something about number five. I know it was not a classic movie, but I, I give Tommy Morrison a lot of credit for a guy who has never been in a movie before. And he got... Uh, he did this part in which he was literally one a main character. Yep. And had tons of yes, dialogue. He was, it, wasn't, it wasn't an actor playing a boxer. It was a boxer. Yeah. Right. And he did a pretty good job, all things considered. Now, being on the set, you know, he never he never made them redo a scene. And, uh, you know, so I give him credit for, for, for what was a better performance than uh, he might otherwise have, somebody might otherwise have expected. But, uh, well, what can I say? You know, Rocky it, it happens. Was, uh, but here's the, here's the good news. Um, I still 
still get residual. Get a check every now and then. Yeah, right. Yeah. My apology. My apology (laughs) is tempered by that. (laughs) I actually have a. This is so random. I I worked in Phoenix for a couple years in the mid aughts, and I just so happened to connect with Tommy Morrison while I was out there, Mm -hmm. and ended up becoming good friends with him as he was attempting to get some fights again, um, given everything. And I just. It's I, I say whatever you want to say about me about a, a journalist. I walked to the ring with Tommy Morrison at a, a Native American casino in Phoenix when he was attempting to fight in the mid aughts, and it was a thrill of my life, oh, of my go. life that I got to do that with him. That was a really that remarkable. Had to be, that had to be a fun experience. It was really neat, man. It was really really neat. Al Bernstein, what can I plug for you? But obviously the card on Sunday night, of course, uh, on Showtime pay-per-view. What else can I plug for you, sir? Yeah, that's what that's all that's going on. Believe it or not, I'm not singing in Vegas uh, anytime in the next month or two. All I don't right. have any of those to plug, so I'm, so I'm, uh, I'm free of plugs. <laughs> I'll, I'll still tell people to follow you on Twitter, at Al Bernstein. You know? I'll tell them to do that. I always appreciate taking the time for good us, to, man. Good to talk to you. Happy holiday. Thank you. Thank you. Al Bernstein checking in with us on uh, GCR. Again, Gervonta Davis and Isaac Cruz Sunday night on Showtime pay-per-view. Um, yeah, that's a true story, by the way. I, When I was in Phoenix, we had decided when, oh, God, when the sixth Rocky movie came out, which was... was Balboa. Rocky was Balboa. Six. Yep, correct, was six. Uh, with Antonio Tarver playing Mason the Line Dixon, as you'll remember in that film, um, we had decided that we were going to do a Rocky week. That week, and we had reached out to like literally anyone that we could think of that was even loosely connected. I mean, Carl Weathers, we reached, we had Carl Weathers on, we had uh, Talia Shire, we had reached out to, we had reached out to just about anybody that we could think of to reach out. By the way, as I've said before, it's we, we don't, one of the things, and I am count me in among the group that, of people that, that love and I, it thank when there is a Thanksgiving that happens in my life that doesn't involve a new Rocky movie coming out. It's almost like I feel like we should cancel the holiday. Like I just it, I I care so deeply about Rocky, but we've never really wanted to address how awful the Adrian character truly is and how little the character had. Like it's something we've had blinders on for a long time about this. Like we felt like Adrian was a necessary part of it, and it was a failure throughout the history of the franchise that they never gave any value whatsoever to the Adrian character. He was just awful. Just awful. Awful. You got to you got to go you got to elaborate a little bit I don't, on I got this. Other, it's it's I got, a love interest in the movie. Um I get not all movies need a love interest, but not, most of them have one. It's not It's not that the love interest was the problem. It's the lack of depth. It's just, just there. Like that's like it, we don't want to deal with it. I've dealt with this a lot. I think there are more people that are willing to deal with how awful Paulie was. Like Paulie had, Paulie was pointless. Paulie never Paulie had any, the whole reason for Rocky Five. Pa- Paulie had no redeeming qualities whatsoever. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing about Paulie was redeemable. At some point, you got to say you're a bum. Get the f out of here. Like right. you have nothing to do with it. It's not that. Adrian was never given the depth necessary, and we don't want to deal with it because of the greatness of the films. We just don't mm-hmm. want to talk about it. But still, I invited Talia Shire on, right? Like, we did all this throughout the course of the week. I, 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 I'm probably being too... I should have saved... Paulie is the one that it's aggressive. I feel aggressive about the Paulie situation. Right. It bothers me that Adrian didn't have more depth. It bothers me 
that she was just sort of there, right? Like she was just sort of present and never really given. In fact, I would argue in death, she's had more of an impact as a character than she had in life. In the first two, I can agree with you. In, in three and four, she was a, a driving force. Fair, fairer, fairer. The fir- and and I, I'm not going to back off. And I actually think that Rocky Four is, you know, maybe the second best Rocky of them all. Love it. Um, although I actually have strong feelings about the first Creed film. I think it was maybe the best film of the entire franchise as far as a movie is concerned. It was that good. I mean, I wept watching the first Creed film. Um, all that being said, all that being said, invite all these people on. And I'm informed by a friend of mine who's working in radio. And he's like, you know, I'm pretty sure Tommy Morrison lives in Phoenix. And I'm like, well, I'm not really sure that we want to, like, the Rocky Five isn't exactly, when we do this Rocky week, I'm not sure how much we want to celebrate Rocky Five. I mean, it's, it is what it is. He's like, well, he's living in Phoenix. You might as well find out. And so I I just started poking around and I tracked down his girlfriend at the time and she was like, he'd come in and hang out with you on this show. And I'm like, all right, well, you know what? This is cool no matter what. We can do it as part of Rocky Week and it's Tommy Morrison, right? Like he's a he's a famous, this is a well-known figure no matter what and his story obviously and everything that he's been through is compelling. He came in, he did an hour with us. It was phenomenal, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was really, it was quite fascinating. And then from there, I just continued this connection with his girlfriend, who I liked a great deal. She was very nice, and he wanted to fight again. Like, and the problem. So wait, wait, you had a connection with his girlfriend, and then he wanted to fight. Not me. He didn't want to fight me. <laughs> I assure you, that was not. And I, I would have passed had that been the case. Um, he wanted to fight again, and of course, for those of you that know Tommy was had tested HIV positive. That was the reason why his boxing career came to an end, and he wasn't able to fight. So he was trying to find places that would let him fight and that was quite difficult given his status as hiv positive Mm -hmm. to the extent that in order to get a fight he had to go fight on this indian reservation that essentially like had their own law like it's sovereign play you know like they the, the laws of the state no longer exist once you're on the reservation and it was in the middle of nowhere i mean it was hours outside of phoenix it was in the middle of nowhere and in fact the the card that they were hosting was actually a mixed martial arts card. And they didn't announce until like literally as he was walking to the fight, this one's not a mixed martial arts fight. This is just a striking fight, right? Like that's mm-hmm. all this is. And like the boos erupt from the crowd because they, they had been promoted like that week is Tommy Morrison making his MMA debut uh. on this MMA card. Well, Tommy Morrison, of course, is not a mixed martial artist. It was never going to happen. So this whole thing was kind of a sham, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this was all kind of a sham. The Dan Severn, who I think at the time was already, like, 50 years old, was the main attraction on this card, um, the UFC Hall of Famer who was briefly in the WWE. So Tommy Morrison's girlfriend calls me and says, well, why don't you come up for the fight, right? Like, you know, we'll put you up. We'll We'll take care of you and... You know, I was on the radio at the time, so I could talk. I'm like, yeah, that'd be cool, right? Like, that'll be a neat thing. I'll I'll come up, and I get there, and it's it's just in a parking lot. Like, it is not in an arena. It's not in a – there's a parking lot they have set a boxing ring up in, and they've put, like, five rows of temporary bleachers surrounding this ring in this parking lot. And I'm like, oh, this is low rent. Like, this is – this is a long way away from the heavyweight champion of the world, babe. Like, this is a long way away from Hollywood, what they're doing here. And there's a tent, 
and that's like the entirety of the backstage area. Mm-hmm. They, nobody knows who I am, like, because nobody. This is this is the middle of nowhere. It's an Indian reservation, and um, I get there and I'm like, I'm with Tommy Morris, and they're like, Well, we haven't seen him. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, this ain't great. Like, this is not. This is just not happening. Like, I'm looking at this whole thing. I'm like, This is. They arrived. They saw what this was, and they're like, Yeah, we're out. Like, we're. This is not a real. This this is nothing. This is a right. this is a freak show. You know, like this we're not doing this. So I'm like, oh, I just drove all the way up here to the middle of nowhere in Arizona, I mean, literally in the desert, and there's not even gonna be a fight. I f- I feel so embarrassed. But the people there like find out that I'm there. They're so happy that somebody related to the media has shown up for this thing. They're <laughs> like, you can stay back here. Like you can hang out backstage and watch all the fights and. You know, like you can do all of that, and you can have some food. Like you know, they're they're just so happy that somebody cares that's there. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right. So I call his girlfriend. She's not answering the phone. I call his girlfriend. She's not answering the phone. Nobody's nobody's heard from him. They're proceeding as though like they're like we're not gonna. He literally walks into the tent like a minute before he's supposed to be in the ring. He walks in the tent. I'm like, hey man. He's like, oh, we've been up in the room. Like they were staying at the. The, the casino they were standing in the room he's like we've been up in the room this thing's an s show we weren't gonna come down here i'm like yeah i noticed i've been trying to call they're like <laughs> he's like cool you want to walk to the ring with me i'm like what he's like yeah i'm like like i'm part of your entourage he's like yeah, absolutely i'm like f yes i do are you out of your mind i get to walk to the ring with tommy more the tommy the, the tommy gun that's who I'm walk. I'm like part of like I'm Justin Bieber walking out with uh, Floyd Mayweather. You know what I mean? Like, hell yeah, I want to do it. I don't care that's on an Indian reservation. Yeah, that's got Nobody's- introduction written all over. I'm it. like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I was wiling out, man. I was so excited about it. Then they literally, as we're about to walk to the ring, they announce uh, this particular fight will be a striking only contest and not a mixed martial arts fight. And like the, the, the hundred people that were there all start just booing vociferously. And I think even like the guy that might, he might have been fighting against hadn't been told. I think the guy that he was fighting against might have thought that it was supposed to be an actual MMA fight wow. that he was fighting Tommy Morrison. And I think he literally fight out because like there were things being thrown, like it was a whole s show. And then they're like, and now Tommy Morrison, and I'm walking to the ring with the guys. Everybody's booing him, and I'm just like, this is the greatest moment of my life, man. <laughs> this is the, I'll, it'll never get better than this. It's 2006 or 2007, whatever it is. I'm like, this is my entire, I'm 24 years old. I'm walking to the ring with Tommy Morrison, the former heavyweight champion of the world. I'm like, this is what dreams are made of. I just think it's the coolest thing that ever happened. He knocked the guy out in like five seconds because the guy, you know, thought it was a mixed martial arts fight. And, and like, there was so much booing and there were so many things being thrown that like, he literally started running out of the ring when the fight was over, like ran booked it out of the ring as soon did as did you run with him that's i i had to i had no choice man like if he's gonna run i gotta run i don't want people throwing their beers at me you know what i mean so like as soon as the where fight's you, over where did you stand while he for those five just, seconds just outside the ring just literally like right like they, paul Heyman. oh my god like paul Heyman. now it's not a wrestling ring it was more it wasn't a an octagon because that's the ufc it was like mm. a circular um okay but it was still a, a mixed martial arts type of ring, so yeah, it had, I, like, the fence. I keep thinking of boxing ring, but you're right. They said it, it was, was an MMA It was a mixed thing, martial yeah. arts thing, so it was it was like a circular. If you've ever been to a Shogun's fight show, I think it's sort of the same thing that they use for Shogun. It's like a circular version mm-hmm. um, with a small fence, like a you know a couple of feet fence. And 
I'm like the the way that you see like the UFC fighters guys like get up on the edge of the ca- I'm like literally standing on the edge of the cage, like like I'm his trainer or something <laughs> like that. And he didn't bring a trainer to the fight. Like it was it was him and his his girlfriend, and that was it. Like that was the list of people. And I think that's maybe why he was like, you can be part of my entourage because there's nobody here. And like it was just Tommy Morrison and me and his girlfriend. And I'm like, this is awesome. Man. Oh, my buddy Tracy, <laughs> my buddy Tracy, uh, came with us. Uh, Salty Trizzle, uh, who you and the, I don't even remember the other nicknames that he had on radio out there. And we were there, and it was just the oh my god, it was the greatest thing that could have ever happened to me. I was so excited about it, but it didn't save Rocky Five. Rocky Five sucked. <laughs> Did not save that. All right, um, uh, we still have to take another break. Is am I right about that? That is correct. Oh, for God's sake, that's on that's on that's on me. I blame you. You're the producer. Mobile One Fools the Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. We'll come back in and wrap it up for the week. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. Hey, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. Cold weather has arrived, and that means one thing, higher energy bills. But the good news is that Window Nation is here to help. For a limited time, get 50% off all style windows, bays, bows, double hung, and sliders, plus a house of windows for only $99 a month. Rising natural gas prices are affecting everyone, but new Window Nation windows can help. Get 50% off any style window and a house of windows for only only $99 a month. Call Window Nation today at 866-90NATION or go online at windownation.com. That's December only. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. From all of the biggest games to the smallest events, make every bet worth your while at MyBookie. Start by doubling your first deposit instantly with MyBookie's first deposit bonus up to $1,000. Double your money before you even place a bet, and all you have to do is sign up and deposit using the exclusive promo code PRESSBOX at MyBookie.ag. If your first deposit is $100, MyBookie adds $100 so you can start with $200 to play with. If your first deposit is $1,000, MyBookie adds $1,000 so you can start with $2,000 to play with. With tons of great games and prop bets to take advantage of this week, there is truly something for everyone. Don't wait any longer. Head to MyBookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus so you can start winning big today. That's promo code PRESSBOX to receive double your first deposit instantly in your account. No hassle, no wait. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. 
Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. You know what, Chris? I did not know that uh, Michael B. Jordan is directing Creed 3. I had no idea. That's uh, coming out Thanksgiving next year. So if you need me, that's where I'm going to be, is uh, taking in Creed 3 the day before Thanksgiving A worthwhile year. Thanksgiving in the uh, Clark household. Uh, it will be. Uh, th- uh, unlike this year, which was just kick it to the curb. Kick it to the damn curb if there's no new Rocky movie uh, on that particular Thanksgiving. Uh, Jeff Rebeck says Pat Ricard and Dafe Owe are back to practice, and so that's good news. That probably means they're both good, but Nick Boyle's still out. Tavon Young and Marlon Humphrey both dealing with an illness still out. Calais Campbell didn't practice today, but he had practiced before, so I, I think that's probably a good sign. I can't imagine they would have let him practice had he not cleared. It just We'll find out. We'll get an injury report later today as far as uh, who's definitely out and uh, who is questionable for Sunday's game. That's uh, the reality of the circumstances. Whew. Winding down for the week here on GCR, a quick reminder that if you're looking for a simple holiday meal, then I, if I were you, I would try Chick-fil-A catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. Tidbit brought to you today by the Tyus Bowser Show. We are back next Tuesday night at the Bowman on Harford Road in Parkville. Come join Tyus and his special guests. It's all brought to you by Pressbox, Great Eights Memorabilia, my bookie, as well as our friends at Window Depot Baltimore, windowdepotbaltimore.com, and Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, duffysgaragemd.com. All right, so I decided to give you a little bit of an easier one to head into oh, your weekend oh, feeling okay. feeling confident well, also, and strong. Also, it's 12-16, so yeah, yeah, you should probably. All right, so after Maryland's dismal 1-for-13 performance from beyond the arc on Wednesday, the cool. team is now shooting 26.8% from three-point range this season. Oh, worst right. in the Mark ha. Turgeon era. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I, I did a little bit more digging. Oh, and okay. not, not only would it be the worst three-point percentage in the Turgeon era, it would be the worst percentage in school history since the three-pointer was implemented in 1986. Not great. Nope. It has gotten so bad that Maryland only has three regulars, and by regulars I mean players averaging more than 20 minutes per game, who are shooting better than 20% from the beyond, from beyond the arc. Who are they? I assume one of them is Hakeem Hart. Hakeem Hart, number one at 33%. No, no, it's a it's a pure. I'm guessing Eric Ayala. Eric Ayala, number two at twenty eight point six percent. Oh God, twenty eight point six. Jesus Christ. There's a guy shooting fifty percent, but that's because he's one for two. He doesn't. Who, who is that? I, I can't remember his name. He played like he's played seven minutes this year. Oh, it might be. Um, I think it begins with a P. Maybe. Oh God, what the f is that guy's name? Oh my God, it's gonna drive me nuts. It's um, the the Pab- Pablo the 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 the, the foreign kid. Um. I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. Uh, the other one is... The other one is Ian Martinez? No. Dante Scott. Dante Scott, okay. 27.3%. 
It's that bad. It's not good. It ain't good, man. It ain't good. Yuck. Yuck, 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 yuck. All right, Tubular brought to you by Window Nation. Uh, it's cold out. Energy costs are going up. It's just the way it goes, man. But Window Nation is trying to help you. For December only, get 50% off all style windows and a house of windows for only $99 a month. Call Window Nation, 866-90NATION, or visit windownation.com. Here's what's coming up this weekend, totally tubular-wise. Um, the, the, sorry, the high school football championship games continue. As I said, it's weird. I don't know when it went from four to six title games. I have no idea when that happened. But because of that, that means there are two games today and three games tomorrow. The 2A championship coming up at 4, Douglas and Milford Mill. And the 730 game is Wise and Keats Orchard for the 4A championship. NFHSnetwork.com is the only place to watch these games as they're all streaming, no TV. Tomorrow, the 2A-1A championship at noon, South Carolina and Dunbar. The 1A championship at 330, Mountain Ridge and Fort Hill. And then the 3A championship at night, Northern and Linganore. The Lancers, of course, are out at Linganore in Frederick County. College Hoops this weekend tonight, Coppin State, Cornell, 7 o'clock on ESPN+. Tomorrow, Mount St. Mary's, Loyola, great local rivalry, 1 o'clock on ESPN+. And on Sunday for College Hoops, Big Ten Network, Northwestern and Maryland at noon, and the Maryland women take on Rutgers at 2. Um, UMBC and Delaware at 2 on Sunday on Flow Sports. College football, the championship games. Tonight, the Pac-12 title game, Oregon and Utah, if, if, like, chaos ensues, then Oregon maybe could find their way into the playoff conversation again, but it would take pure and utter chaos. They would also have to beat Utah uh, tonight, 8 o'clock on ABC. The Conference USA Championship, that's the one that Jordan's been talking about all week. He said, dude, you don't sleep on Western Kentucky and UTSA. That's tonight at, at 8 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. Roadrunners no longer undefeated. Like, I'm t- like you don't know that. Like, obviously, you know they'd lost their first game last weekend. So Cincinnati's now the un- only undefeated team in the country. Tomorrow, ABC for the Big 12 title game, Oklahoma State and Baylor at 12. The AAC Championship game, Houston and Cincinnati at 4. Also, the ACC Championship game, which nobody cares about, between Pitt and Wake Forest at 8 o'clock. CBS for the SEC Championship at 4, Georgia and Alabama. And Fox for the Big Ten Championship, Iowa and Michigan at 8. They also have the Mountain West Championship between Utah State and San Diego State at 3. And uh, ESPN, I know you're going to be glued, my God, glued to the TV, Paul, for the MAC Championship game between Kent State and Northern Illinois at noon. I'm going to take off work. Yeah, leave some room for the Fun Belt Championship because Appalachian State and Louisiana get together at 3.30 as well. So leave some room for that on your plate. Uh, NFL on Sunday, CBS for Chargers, Bengals at 1, then Ravens, Steelers, of course, at 425. Buccaneers, Falcons at 1 on Fox, and NBC's got Broncos, Chiefs at 820. The college football playoff selection show is at noon on ESPN on Sunday. And as we mentioned, Javante Tank Davis and Isaac Cruz, 8 o'clock Sunday night, Showtime pay-per-view. Some non- the rest of the sports, it's all there. And, uh, actually, they're going to announce the first couple of uh, members of the Baseball Hall of Fame class from the early eras on Sunday because they need some programming right now on the old MLB network. Um, I wonder why. This, they, they are desperate. I, I, kept, I just kept it on in the background. They are definitely not able to show... I guess that means they can't show any games. Yeah, I saw like Mariano Rivera. They they can they can show. They have to be. They can't involve they can't any be current players. players. Correct. So they can show like old. So you games. have to go back. Right. You have to go back to the '90s or early 2000s. The early, yeah. Exactly right. All right. Uh, some non-sports highlights. All right. So tonight uh, on CBS on the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Jeff and by Wolf. the way, I assume that's what they're going to do for I, the next I, couple. I, weeks. I, I assume it'll imagine. be. Just, they'll just at some point. You're going to see every episode of Ken Burns Baseball. 
Guaranteed. Uh, what did, did didn't he do an updated like chapter of that too recently? The tenth inning, but that was back in like the early two thousand. Was it really that far? Okay. Yeah. All right. All yeah. Right. Uh, so tonight, uh, Jeff Goldblum's going to be on the Late Show with Stephen Colbert at 11.35. Uh, Tyler Perry and Michael Buble are going to be on uh, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, the Amazon Prime video series premiere of Harlem. Uh, tomorrow night, the History Channel Pawn Stars on HBO. Uh, Drew Michael, red, blue, and green. Apparently, he's a popular comedian, and people like if him. you say so. And then on Sunday, um, the CW Legends of the Hidden Temple at 8. Yellowstone on uh, CMT at 8. That's not CMT. It's not... Yeah, no, I'm sorry, Paramount okay. um, at 8. On AMC, Fear the Walking Dead at 9. The Walking Dead World Beyond at 10. Talking Dead at 11. HBO, Succession, Insecure, and Curb Your Enthusiasm, 9, 10, and 10.30. And on HBO Max, the season finale of Kamikaze. I believe you're missing that uh, Pen15 is back for the final season this weekend on Hulu, if I remember correctly. I had never even heard of it. So You don't I... know Pen15? Pen15 is really good. It's very funny. Very funny. It. Very cringy. Very funny show. Um, it's a concept that works significantly. Uh, there was a show that they did on FX, I think it was last year, with Nassim Pedrad that kind of played off the same concept. Uh, Pen15 is is very good, so that's back this weekend for the final season. All right, uh, thanks today to uh, Al Bernstein from Showtime. Thanks to Senator Justin Reedy. Thanks also to um, Charlie Batch and to Bo Smolka for helping us preview Steelers-Ravens. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Thanks not at all to that football player that is now my mortal enemy. You don't know who you are. Stand by that. Stand by it. All right. Uh, coming up, uh, what's coming up on the bat around tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow we're going to have Rich Dubroff on. We were going to try and get somebody from the Mets and the Blue Jays, but um, we decided to go in a different direction so we can kind of spread things out for the offseason. Mm. Um, got, so got a ways to go. Yeah, right. So we're going to uh, have Rich Dubroff on tomorrow to talk about the Orioles signings and their arbitration tenders and whatnot. Zach and I are going to go over our own Hall of Fame ballots okay. uh, and see who we picked. I did not pick many. Uh, and we're also going to talk about uh, guys who could be up for the Hall of Fame in the future who may or may not be deserving. All, All right. That and more. All right. Very good. That's the bat around tomorrow morning, 10 to noon. Uh, same locations, facebook.com slash pressboxsports and pressboxonline.com slash radio. On Monday, Jeremy Conn will join us. And, of course, stuff and things, as always. Uh, pull Jordan back up so he can plug his Twitter, if you don't mind. Jordan. Twitter, SchwartzbergJS, and Instagram, jschwartzberg1. But be careful. It's nothing but pictures of French fries that he's eating at 9.30 <laughs> in the morning. That's all it is on his socials. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, follow Paul on Twitter, at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us, at Glenn Clark Radio, on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, thanks to all of our great sponsors and partners, by the way. CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Exxon Mobil, KNS Automotive, Maryland Lottery, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino Hotel, the Baltimore area, Chick-fil-A Restaurants, the Maryland Department of Transportation, Underdog Fantasy Football, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Window Depot, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com, and my bookie. And uh, don't forget to get out to one of these drop-off locations, please, and get us your coats and clothes for helping up Mission. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, Glory Days Grill in Towson, Jerry's Toyota, Jerry's Chevrolet, Uptown Cheapskate in Bel Air, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, coming up a little bit later on today at uh, Mother's in Timonium. Please get us your coats and clothes for helping up Mission. Have a great weekend. Go Ravens. Go local college basketball teams. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.